Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Welcome to 60 Predictions and Visions for 2016. This is the end-all, be-all show for predictions for 2016. You've hit the jackpot. Tonight, we're going to be featuring 18 of the world's greatest critical thinkers, journalists, metaphysical teachers, and psychic mediums, all offering their insight and predictions about 2016. I am humbled beyond words to have these caliber individuals all appear on our show at once. I want to bring to your attention that for the psychic mediums, and especially some of these other individuals, when they're doing predictions, they're taking a snapshot into the picture of humanity, the trajectory of humanity at that particular time. We always have the capability of changing, modifying our behavior, our actions, in order to come out with a different outcome. However, according to many of our metaphysical teachers, at this point in time, humanity is headed towards a very treacherous and dark place. And this dark place and these dark events may have to occur in order for the greater light or peace to occur. But I'm just bringing to your attention that you're probably not going to hear many positive predictions for tonight. I want to also speak directly to you, the listener, and tell you that despite the fact of what all these predictions are, your 2016 can be absolutely fantastic. You can do anything you need to do to improve upon your life. And I believe that the less associated and connected you are with a collective, the more power you have to control and influence your own life. And I sincerely hope uh, for you and for your family that you have a prosperous and unbelievable 2016. So... Without further ado, the Outer Limits of Inner Tooth Radio Show proudly presents 60 Predictions and Visions for 2016. Joining us now is Mr. Gerald Salente, founder of the Trends Research Institute and publisher of the Trends Journal. Mr. Salente is one of humanity's greatest assets for freedom and Mr. Salente, it's a great honor for you to be with us and can you please tell us what some of your predictions are? For 2016. Oh, wow. You know, if people thought 20, 2015 was a, uh, a mind blower, wait till you see 2016. You know, in 20, 2015, for example, you look at the global equity markets. At worst, some of them plummeted. At best, they remain stagnant. And that's despite unprecedented zero interest rate policy by the U.S. Federal Reserve and around the world, particularly in Europe, you have negative interest rates. You can't make that stuff up. So um, we're going to see a lot more volatility in the equity markets. And actually, what we are forecasting, uh, Mr. McCormick, is a uh, global recession. Okay. When you say global recession, are we talking about the long I mean collapse of the currency, a currency crisis where not only in the U.S., but currencies across the world are divided to the point where they have minimal purchasing power? Well, that's part of it, exactly. For example, all things are connected. That's our system, uh, global nomics. It's beyond economics. It's making connections between different fields. So let's make some connections between different fields. And let's look at example for the... Um, the oil market. You now have uh, 
Brent crude, which back in June of 2014 was selling around $115 a barrel. Now it's selling for around $40. Take iron ore. Back in 2011, when it hit its peak, it was selling for about eh, near $200 a metric ton. Now it's selling for under $40 a metric ton. Copper, iron ore, all these natural resources that are very important in industrial and manufacturing production. The reason they're going down so low is because there's a global slowdown, but nobody wants to talk about it. So let's put another perspective on top of that. In talking about a global recession and the currencies that you were talking about, look at the plunge in currencies from countries that are resource rich. You don't have to go too far. Look up over there in Canada. You're looking at the loonie down some 25% against the dollar. Take a trip over to Rio. You got the Brazil Real. It's down 40% year to date against the dollar. Resource-rich nations. You don't have to go too far either. Go to Mexico. After you know they revamped it back in the 90s, mid-90s, now it's at all-time lows, back to that number. The peso against the dollar. Resource-rich nations. So as the commodity prices decline, their currencies go down with them. Now here's the rub. Remember when they had all of that quantitative easing and pumped yep. trillions of bucks into the global economy? That hot money that you could get very cheaply from the U.S., it went into these emerging markets. So these emerging markets now have a debt bubble that they have to pay off as what they sell is worth a lot less. Oh, and they borrowed that money in dollars. And now their currency is worthless. They have to pay it back in dollars. You think there's going to be a collapse, a recession, problems? Anybody that doesn't, you know, they better get off those drugs they're on or the belief system that they're locked into because these are facts. This isn't wishful thinking and hopeful that, you know, they're going to have change in, <laughs> change they could believe in that's going to get them out of this crisis. Because as long as there's declining demand, their currencies are going to get weaker. Their debt levels are going to grow bigger. Oh, and one other little thing, as their currencies decline, what they're doing is to stop the run on their currencies is they're raising interest rates. Perfect. Raise interest rates at a time when your economy is collapsing. And it's going to cost you more money to borrow. So that only makes bad things worse. So that's what we're looking at when you talk about currencies. There's a currency crisis going on. Oh, and here's the other, the other fictitious element that the prostitutes in the mainstream media, particularly Bloomberg and CNBC, and, and the politicians keep trying to shove down our throats. You know, that strong U.S. dollar, because now interest rates are going to go up with expectations that the Fed is going to raise them uh, later this month. 
that hurts exports. And exports are down. Oh, this exports are down despite Obama promising to double them. But that's another story. Guess what? Exports are down in Brazil too, even though their currency has collapsed. So it's not a stronger weak currency that is going to boost exports. It's demand, and demand is way off. So we have a crisis that's building at many different levels that the people nor the politicians are prepared to handle. Uh, and Mr. Salente, I want to bring to our audience's attention again that you did something really wonderful this summer with your Occupy Peace movement. And anyone listening right now can go to OccupyPeace.us. Absolutely fantastic. You gathered a number of individuals, including Ralph Nader, and it was great. And you really were talking about how we're going to spread peace and how this peace is going to begin again in the U.S. and catch on, hopefully worldwide. As far as being able to observe trends in people, in collective societies, do you see any trends emerging where more and more people are going to begin once again to discover the passion and the fire for self-sufficiency, for freedom, for self-thinking? Or do you see right now in the country of the U.S. that collectively the country is going to become more into going into bondage and more tyrannical based? Well, if the trends continue, they're going to be um, more tyrannical. I mean, you have it with Trump. I mean, if you want to see a tyrant, and I'm a political atheist. I mean, my line for the campaign 2016, the presidential reality show, is Clinton or Trump, Hitler or Hitler. So, uh, I mean, Hillary, I mean, look at the blood on her hands. You like that overthrow of Gaddafi, huh? You're going to bring a humanitarian mission. Assad has to go. Beautiful climate you created there over in Syria. But she has bloodthirsty hands going back to her old man. I mean, people forget, you know, the bombs away over Baghdad as soon as he got into office. Did they forget that when uh, Madeline, not all that bright, another war criminal was on... CBS, anybody could Google it up, being interviewed by Leslie Stahl, and Leslie asked uh, Madeline, is the death of 500,000 Iraqi children, remember, she's the Secretary of State under Clinton, the death of 500,000 Iraqi children because they couldn't get medicine nor food worth, the, worth <laughs> the sanctions was worth the price? And Madeline said, yes, it was worth the price. So Hillary Clinton has blood on her hands. There's blood in their veins. They're murderers. And the Republicans with Bush and Cheney and, and Rumsfeld and Obama back to it, they're all murderers. They all have blood on their hands. So when you're looking at now with Trump, and he's talking about, yeah, we're going to bomb the shit out of him. I could say shit on the air because if Trump could say shit, I can say shit, and if Rick Santorum could say bullshit, I can say bullshit. So they're all bullshitters that want to destroy more, even though everything they created has created more disaster. So the way the trends are going, and the way the prostitute media keeps pumping up war, peace is a long shot, unless the people stand up and start demanding it. But so far... Uh, Mr. McCormick, I can tell you that the calls for peace are silent. Matter of fact, even that other little lowlife over there, you know that guy David Cameron? Yeah, listen to him going after people that were saying that England should not be bombing Syrians right now. You know what he said? 
quote, anyone against him is a sympathizer for terrorism. A sympathizer for terror, if you vote against illegally going into a sovereign nation and destroying the place with your bombs. But you know what? They can't get over that. The sun never sets on the English Empire barbarism. The mass slaughterers in history with a bad attitude of, you know, putting that pinky up as they're sipping their tea and speaking properly. And then back in line after them are the French. They can't get over their colonial trip either. With the invasion, reinvasion of Mali, formerly the French Sudan, now back in Syria, which they occupied since World War I up until the end of World War II. So anyway, you're seeing imperialism, colonialism, and massacre going on around the globe. It's the, it is merely the 10th Crusade. That's all this is. Mr. Gerald Salente, founder of the Trends Research Institute and publisher of the Trends Journal. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. To learn more about Gerald Salente, please go to his website at trendsresearch.com. I assure you, if you get the Trends Journal, you're going to find out history before it happens. Absolutely fantastic. And, Mr. Salente, always a great pleasure and honor to have you with us. And always a great pleasure to be on your show, and I thank you for the, all that you're doing. Joining us now is Mr. Greg Manorino, economic visionary and author. You can learn more about Mr. Manorino by going to his website at traderschoice.net. Mr. Manorino. Welcome back to the program, and what are some of your predictions for 2016? Well, it's great to be here, but I would hate to uh, sound too down, um, but this is what I expect moving forward here. We already understand where um, the global economy is going, and that is clearly um, slowing down. Um, We are also witnessing the move toward war. Um, this is being set up, unfortunately, by the world central banks. Um, when everything else fails, this is what they do. Um, so my predictions, unfortunately, moving forward um, are simple. Uh, we can expect war to escalate all over the world. We are going to see, unfortunately, more human suffering on a global scale. We are going to witness things, um, I believe, that People are going to have a hard time getting their head around with regard to actions of the world central banks colluding with their governments. Um, people mean nothing, and they will do whatever they have to do, which means bringing us to war to prop up uh, the uh, the economic situations, create create more reasons to borrow cash into existence because we have a debt based economic model that depends solely. Its function depends on the relentless acquisition of debt in perpetuity. It can never stop. With that in mind, again, they will invent and create things um, that I believe we we can't even fathom yet um, to keep the system propped up. And uh, a major one is war. And I really hope, and I've been yelling from rooftops now for the past several months, to millennials out there especially, um, open your mouths, open your eyes, start paying attention to these things. Don't be distracted by the mainstream media. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to alter your way of thinking, the way that you way of hearing, the way of, of speaking. 
because they realize you're the one they're going to be forced to fight these escalating wars and it's going to be your blood and your gut spilled all over the globe. Um, and again, this is the mechanism here. They're trying to dumb down everyone, keep these people, millennials specifically, dumbed down, not able to function normally in society by keeping them distracted by nonsensical things. Stop paying attention, millennials especially. That is my warning. Okay, if they are able to prop up the financial system through perpetual war, couldn't they do that for a substantial period of time, maybe ten or twenty years? You know, I don't. I, it, it's not going to last that long here. These, I mean, first of all, we we're in perpetual war. Um, we've been in perpetual war um, here in the United States. This is what they do. Uh, it's unfortunate, but this is going to get much, much worse here, and I do believe we are going to see a situation unfolding where uh, the American people are going to continue to lose their rights. They're going to be squeezed out of every single dime that they think they already have. Their money isn't even theirs. It's the money that they think they have that's issued by a world central bank. They don't even own it. It's owned by the issuing central bank, and it's owed back to the issuing central bank, plus interest that they print out of thin air. It's a system that is so corrupted and so twisted uh, and, and perverse, uh, and a very high price is going to have to be paid for this. But you have to understand that it's the world central banks colluding with their governments, and the world central banks are run by the world's biggest banks. And they, again, are not going to let allow themselves to take losses. If you look at what's going on here, and I just talked about this recently today in my video on YouTube, they are allowing the world to be awash with oil right now, despite despite um, nations that, again, are, are using um, this oil as a currency. They are continuing to flood the world in an environment where it, the, the price is dropping. Why are they doing this? They are preparing for war. They're, they're making sure the world is awash with oil and so the petroleum products are going to be in demand as this escalates. Also, commodities, gold and silver will also benefit here as well, especially silver. Uh, in, in a wartime, a war stance. Now, the world central banks have been suppressing these things. They've been hoarding these things. Um, and the, the paper market is absolutely distorted from reality. The COMEX 200 to 1 claims on physical gold and silver. And you can see where this is going. It's not good um, for, for many. Uh, and unfortunately, a few are going to benefit from this. But this the situation is clear to me. It's war. That's what we can look forward to. That's my main prediction is escalating wars around the world. And they are going to create wars um, in environments where they probably wouldn't even have to exist just to keep the system propped up. Okay. Hey, Greg, despite the fact that according to your predictions, there's war on the horizons, I always like to keep things very positive. Is there any positive prediction that you see in the future? Is there any positive thing that you see coming in 2016? You know, I have I, I I'm very hard pressed to actually say that at this point because I, I I mean I can't imagine a worse situation where people are going to lose their lives for nothing, for 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 the benefit of central banks colluding with their corrupt government, none more so than here in the United States. Maybe down the line here after this all all settles out, there will be a brighter future. But unfortunately, this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Right. Mr. Greg Manorino, visionary and 
great guy. We love having you on the program today. To learn more about Mr. Manorino, please go to his website at traderschoice.net. You can also find Greg on YouTube. He's got a vibrant, thriving YouTube channel, always offering great insights. Real great pleasure, Greg. Thank you so much for being with us today. Great to be here. Thank you. Joining us now is Miss Kate Delaney, nationally syndicated radio host, best-selling author. You can learn more about Miss Delaney by going to her website at sportsprincessspeaks.com. Miss Delaney, it's a great pleasure to have you on our program. What can you tell us about your predictions for 2016? Wow, it's such a heady task. Do you like that word? Um, yes. In trying to come up with what you think is going to happen. I am the queen of the crystal ball, I have to tell you. Whether it comes to sports, business, or politics, and, and even what I think the buzz is across the land, sometimes I smash my crystal ball. Let's hope this one holds up a little bit better. I think, Ryan, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. 2016 predictions, I'm just going to flat out say it, and I know there's a lot of people that are not going to like this. I predict that Hillary Clinton becomes president of the United States. And the reason I say that is I think Donald Trump does not jump to the third party, the so-called third rail, and run independently. I think he stays in the GOP race. We're heading into what I call results season, which means that we're We'll go through the primaries once we get to Iowa and New Hampshire in February, especially, but beyond that. And I think if you look at where the public mindset is, even though Trump is, is getting a lot of headlines, he's saying some provocative things. The brilliance of Trump is that he doesn't, he's not beholden to anybody, so that's terrific. Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side is just a little too left of left, even though some of what he's throwing out, I think, is completely what he believes, and he doesn't care if he's going against the grain, so it's kind of refreshing because he is cut from the political cloth. But Hillary Clinton still is part of the machine. I think there are a lot of women who might not say they're voting for her, but I think they will vote for her. And in the end, even if it's a squeaker, I think she prevails. Wow. And <laughs> You're in <as> shock. <laughs> Oh no! No I, 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 you're uh, downloading this. <laughs> no, you know, in terms of what could be happening in America, if there's anything that would be considered a negative thing, I feel that the American public have just been asleep at the wheel when it comes to you know acknowledging you know, what their fundamental rights are. So the fact that they would fly farther into tyranny would be no surprise. And regardless of who the candidate is, I, I don't know. I just I'm, I'm particularly hopeful. So, I don't know. Regardless of who it is, I guess it will be. But as far as some of your other predictions go, you observe the media, you observe and have a great sense of what the American public or even the global conscious people are thinking of. Where do you see trends happening? Do you think that we're going to have a more kinder, gentler gentler world in 2016? Do you see more terrorism happening? Um, do you feel that people's attitudes will become more tolerant or less tolerant of each other? I hope that people become more tolerant of each other because I think attacking each other doesn't do anything. It was, with what I'm involved in in sports and all the years I've done sports and politics and et cetera, the one thing that I, I've seen is it's about teams. It's you against uh, everybody else or it's we, them. You could call it whatever you want. It's like the Giants and the Jets. And you either play for my team or you're not even at, have a possibility of – having a conversation with me. So politics especially has become so uh, divisive, so so separating of, of too many people. It used to be that the guy across the street could be an independent 
or a Democrat, and you could be a hardcore conservative or libertarian, whatever label you want. I think the more we shed labels, the better. That if we're headed towards kindness, that has to happen. I believe with like the TED Talks, there's more thought leadership going on out there. People are trying to reach for deeper meaning across the board, whether it's personal, whether it's business, whatever it has to do with. I think that people are trying to be more congruent. I think we may see more congruency with what's happening in, in, in our world. Unfortunately, with terrorism and the rabid, fanatical jihadists, which could be from really any group, not just ISIS, it could be Boko Haram, it could be the Taliban, you know, you pick it, it could be whatever flavor it is. Uh, the concern I have is if we don't become a little bit more united in that sense, shed labels, but become more united, then the more, I think, uh, possibility there is for lone wolf terrorists in these, these cells to continue to develop right under our noses and, and have a situation, we could have more situations like we saw in San Bernardino, which is so tragic, and I hope we don't see more of that in 2016. But we have to be, we have to be diligent. We have to be kinder, nicer. I love the way you said that to, to each other. And be on the lookout for something that's just not right and not be afraid to stand up and say, I think something's going on here, and let somebody know. All right. Well, Miss Delaney, that's pretty in intense. Predictions are pretty intense, but I want to leave things on a positive note, as always. So do you have any positive predictions for 2016? Anything good you think might potentially happen? <laughs> I love that setup. Do you think anything good will potentially happen? Yeah, anything happen? positive is going to happen. <laughs> I don't want to leave people. I, you know, seriously, the, the listeners of our show, they're, they're wonderful. and I don't want to leave them on a downer. I want them to be happy. I, I want to at least say, you know, despite the fact that the world might be ending, we may see apocalyptic times, at least something good's going to happen. Maybe they're going to have a discount on chewing gum or something. Something positive. <laughs> something we can hang on to. I don't know. Anything. Well, for everybody who's listening, I am definitely glasses half full person, despite whatever you might read into any of my predictions. So I am the eternal optimist. I always believe that something better will happen. And here's what I would say. You know, if you if you think of just in the United States, I still believe we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. When you think that you have your own personal freedoms, you can do what you want. There's nobody over your back telling you you can't do something. And that's the exciting I think that's the exciting new frontier that's just going to get bigger swinging into 2016. There's more entrepreneurs than ever, and the brilliance of being an entrepreneur is that you fail and then you succeed. You try, 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 and you think you're just so down and you can't make that product, you can't give that speech, you can't be, be out there creating what you really want to create, and then all of a sudden the magic happens through perseverance and hard work, and I think we're a nation filled with people with great ideas who are willing to roll up their sleeves and make things happen. And so if you have an idea and you think it can't happen, you have a dream, follow your dreams. Don't let your fears grow bigger than your faith. That's my wish for everybody listening to uh, this show. Well, on that note, Ms. Delaney, I'm glad we were able to put the positive back in. Thank you so much for being with us today, Ms. Delaney. Ms. Delaney is a nationally syndicated radio host, best-selling author, and you can learn more about her by going to her website at sportsprincessspeaks.com. Thank you so much, Ms. Delaney. Thanks, Ryan, and here's to a good 2016. Joining us now is Mr. Michael Rivero, webmaster at whatreallyhappened.com and host of his own national radio show on the Genesis Communications Network. Mr. Rivero, welcome back to the program. And what can you tell us are your predictions for 2016? 
Well, I'd like to be optimistic for 2016. I'm not. Uh, of course, what makes it very hard to make any kind of a forecast or prediction is we're trying to analyze the situation based on the current rules, uh, but unfortunately the people who are in control of the situation, uh, they keep changing the rules in order to perpetuate their, their wealth and power and position, and that makes it very difficult. Uh, certainly under the rules as they used to be, uh, there should have been some dramatic changes by now. Uh, but again, they just they just change the rules uh, as they go along uh, to keep things going. So it's a little hard to put any kind of a timeline on any of these. But it is very obvious that the Western-based private central banking economies are in serious trouble. They're all linked together because of economic globalism, and they're hovering at the edge of a grand collapse, which is going to bring them all down together. Now, this is going to be a bad thing for a lot of people. It's going to hurt a lot of people, but it's going to open up a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to restart the world's economy without private central banks, and I think we all need to be prepared to take advantage of that. On another front, uh, it is very obvious that the U.S. government and uh, those of Europe are looking at trying to get a real major war going as soon as they can because if the economy implodes and they don't have somebody to blame it on, the people of all these nations are going to point the fingers of blame where it rightly deserves to go, the financial centers and complicit government. And so they, they need somebody to blame for the coming economic crash. Oh, it's the Russians, it's the Chinese, it's this, it's that. Don't blame us. We're your government. We love you and we never do any wrong. And we have seen this twice before because every time the U.S. government gets itself into a self-made economic mess, they get into a world war, uh, if not to correct it, at least to distract from it. Crash of 1907, World War I. Crash of 1929, World War II. Crash of 2008. And so far, the United States has bombed seven other nations into rubble, drone struck many more, covertly tried to overthrow uh, even more than that, including, uh, obviously, Ukraine. So they're, they're very much on this path of trying to cover up their economic mistakes and misjudgments and corruptions uh, with a lot of blood to hide all the red ink. Okay. Michael, if they are successful and they're able to pull off this global catastrophic world war and people all of a sudden cry out for order and, hypothetically speaking, they get this one world government, do you feel that by having a one world government that will be the solution to the power vacuum left out of manipulating the financial uh, banking system because they can't manipulate the system anymore. They're taking power through force through a one-world government. Is that a possibility that you foresee? I, I know that there are those who would like to do that. I'm opposed to a one-world government for a variety of reasons. We have seen within our large governments currently here on Earth, such as the United States, that the very worst sort of people covet those top positions and will do anything to achieve those positions, and once they have those positions, will do anything with them as the whim takes them. Uh, I see a single global government as being the worst dictatorship in history because it's brought into being through lies, fraud, and deception. They'll have to end all freedom of speech and freedom of inquiry merely to survive the circumstances of their own creation. And finally, if there's only one world government, 
all social experimenting to develop new improved systems of civilization will come to an end and human progress will simply stop. I really see the world as being much better off for ordinary people. Uh, having a thousand small nations across the globe, each taking care of their own people, trading across the border. And one of the reasons for that is just common sense. International borders serve the same function for the earth that fireproof doors do in a building and watertight bulkheads do in a ship. If you tear down the fireproof doors and uh, the bulkheads, the first accident destroys the entire system. And that's going to be true with a global government. Whereas if you have a thousand small countries and one of them gets into trouble, the others can intervene either to help that country or if they're proving to be less than sociable, uh, to basically hold them to account for it. Uh, if we have a single global government, it's only a matter of time before we get another Stalin, another Hitler, another Pol Pot in that top position. And we know that a big part of the globalist agenda involves massive population reduction. And so literally they're going to be talking about, well, you all over there are going to have to die to save the planet Earth. And I'm obviously opposed to that. Okay, when you talk about this this chance when the entire financial system collapses, collapses, well, there's one unique opportunity. Based on how you are observing individuals and the uh, collective consciousness of humanity right, right now, do you feel collective humanity is capable of making that jump, of making that turn away from the tyrannical debt and death-based paradigm that has ruled humanity for, I don't know, how many years? Are they capable of grasping it or, or recognizing it or embracing it? Well, I'm seeing more and more that people are coming to understand the true nature of our civilization, and more and more people are getting ready to turn away from it. Now, unfortunately, we're being fought by human nature, because if you remember the Sidney Milgram experiments, two-thirds of normally moral, decent human beings will commit acts of evil if some authority figure tells them to. And so we have only one-third of the population of the earth that are their own people and willing to stand up and say there must be a change. But that one-third can be enough. The American Revolution was fought with only one-third of the popular support. Okay. And I want to bring to our audience's attention that Mr. Rivero, many years ago, was putting information out when it was very dangerous, when everyone thought a lot of the ideas that he had were considered crazy, but now have been accepted by so many individuals. Michael, from your last question, is that from your perspective, how do you find the ideas of you know freedom have grown over a number of years, and how do you feel these ideas of challenging the, the status quo or the moral authority of the government has changed substantially since the time you first started? Well, 20 years ago when I started, uh, the United States was still operating pretty much as it had since the height of the Cold War. The American people trusted what the government was doing. They believed what the corporate media was telling them, and they just automatically rejected any alternative point of view. Since then, because of the, the Internet, the fundamental nature of the way information flows through society has transformed. And as a result, more people are understanding the government does lie. It uses lies, fraud, and deception to control us. Latest polls are showing 80% of the American people do not trust the U.S. government or the corporate media any longer. And the Internet and the independent media has transformed society as dramatically as when Gutenberg rediscovered movable type printing. And if you study the history of Gutenberg's time, the existing power structures of the day were very much 
reacting to the easy availability and affordability of books to the middle class the way our government is reacting to the independent media and the Internet. They're trying to find some way to control it, uh, some way to shut it down. Uh, they've lost their ability to lie to the public with impunity, and without that, they really don't know what to do because they've been controlling the nation with lies and deception so long, they don't know any other way to run a country. Mr. Michael Rivero, I want to thank you so much for your time. You can learn more about Mr. Rivero, Mr. Rivero by going to his website at whatreallyhappened.com. You listen to his show. It's a fantastic show. He's been a real passionate advocate for freedom and waking people up. Mr. Rivero, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Joining us now is Mr. John Rappaport, 30-year investigative journalist. He was featured on our show earlier this year. We got a tremendous response to it when he was talking about The Matrix. You can learn more about John by going to his website at nomorefakenews.com. John, thank you so much for being with us. Great to and be here. What are, oh, thank you. And what are some of your predictions for 2016? Well, you know, to give you an overview, I see a bigger divide in information between what people like to call major media, mainstream media, and alternative media. And uh, I'll try to give you a few examples. But I'll preface it by saying that in the last five or six years, I've seen a lot of advance by the alternative media in covering stories that are very important and covering them in a very different way from mainstream media. For example, the funding of terrorism. This is beginning to become a major issue which is being uh, damped down and suppressed by major media. The issue of who actually created ISIS, for example, where is the money coming from, where are the weapons coming from. There have been a number of stories that have been blowing up in the alternative media that suggests that the U.S. has played, government has played a central role in creating and sustaining ISIS. And because I see more incidents of attacks and so forth uh, of terrorism, this is going to become a major uh, dividing point between what the major media does on a daily basis and what the alternative media does. And I predict that there's going to be many more revelations about where the money is coming from, where the support is coming from, and why. What are the motives behind the people who are supposedly fighting terrorism in actually sustaining it and creating it? And what kind of world are they hoping to create in this process. So I see that as a major thing, and I also see on the medical, excuse me, on the medical and pharmaceutical front, uh, many more revelations coming out about uh, the failures, practical day-to-day, -day, technical, other types of failures of uh, the national health care system that we now have in America under Obama and also the destructive effects of that system are going back a long ways. Pharmaceutical damage, uh, the damage caused by treatment in hospitals and so forth. And this is going to combine with 
the technical uh, failures or the money failures of what was promised under Obamacare to create some very large scandals uh, that the public is going to be let in on in a way that they haven't been before. But I guess overall I would say that terrorism is going to remain in the spotlight as one of the major issues, and that's going to be tied together with immigration, refugees, the migration of populations, hidden factors there, as in who is really promoting that. Is it just simply war-torn refugees? And the answer to that is no, it's not simply that. But this is part of a much larger program to destabilize countries, to erase borders, and to bring in a form of globalism that we've seen advancing in recent decades so that people, the aim and the motive behind that is so that when people look at various countries, say in Europe, they will say, well, why should we consider these separate countries at all? The populations are not what they used to be. The borders don't mean anything. We need more centralized control over the whole continent of Europe, et cetera, et cetera. And in the U.S., that's going to translate into less control by the individual states and more control at the top of the federal government uh, and a huge amount of propaganda aimed at convincing people that the planet should basically be managed at a very high political and economic level in order to, quote, survive as a species on Earth. So those are a few of the things that I think we can look forward to in 2016. Okay. As you've talked extensively about the matrix before, I wanted to ask you this. From what you are engaging right now, do you feel or think that the system of control for what the matrix is is either increasing in power, increasing in influence, or weakening in power or weakening influence in the face of a growing pop population that is either becoming more susceptible to the matrix of control, becoming more oblivious to it, or do you think that the population at large collectively is becoming more aware of the matrix and through their awareness of the matrix and the control system is actually making the frequency of the matrix weaker? I was wondering how you see this playing out, where you see this going in 2016. That's... Uh maybe the biggest question of all, the one that you just asked. And I have to say, and I'm not trying to skirt the answer, that both things that you're suggesting are happening at the same time. You know, More people are falling asleep and under the sway of the matrix, and more people more intensely are beginning to wake up to this entire control system. But the people who are waking up are doing it not as part of some group, so they're less visible. It's not as if, you know, the Associated Federation of United whatever, you know, as a group is waking up, because groups don't wake up. Individuals do. And so I have already been seeing, and uh, I know that that's going to continue to occur next year, 
that we are going to see more and more individuals waking up on their own from this control system as it becomes more extreme. And I think that's a, a very important factor. As the control system becomes more desperate, more extreme, it begins to break down in more areas, more people see it for what it is, as opposed to, well, I'm leading a reasonably comfortable life, so what difference does it make? Why should I bother with this kind of esoteric stuff? And I'll just go right along. But if that's not the case, if the control becomes more desperate and extreme and the circumstances of daily life become more problematic for more people, then the necessity for waking up increases and the visibility of the control system uh, comes more to the fore. People realize that they've been under a kind of trance and in many ways have just been going along with things as they are, but things as they are are no longer palatable, and they have to do something about that. They have to get smarter. They have to get more rational, and they also have to begin to be much more creative than they are now. But they can't simply limp along and think that everything is going to be okay. So there is pressure on people to wake up. And okay. pressure works. It's not going to be a smooth transition for everybody. Far from it. It's going to be very uneven, and it's going to be difficult, quite difficult for many people. But I definitely see the signs of waking up. This is happening. And the waking up is coming in terms of people, individuals recognizing that they do in fact have power, that they have much more power than they thought they did, and that they can access this power, that it's been buried for a very long time, it's there, it's in terms of creative capacity, it's in terms of being able to see deeply into issues and understand the core of what's going on rather than the surface and to escape from mass methods of mind control. Okay. And, John, as far as the stage, if you look at other societies throughout history, when they got to that point where there was a, a lot of people that were waking up from the cognitive dissonance at that time and the self-realization of what they perceived what the truth was, and they were ready to walk away and turn away from the systems we're talking about throughout history. I was wondering where we are collectively right now in humanity. And also, I was wondering if you see it as a positive if the state is using much more violence against the people because that is their last means of resort to keep control. If we're seeing more state-sponsored violence against our own citizens, is that considered a positive as horrible as it is because that is the last uh, hope they have for maintaining control. Well, I think that's a very sharp observation. I would agree with that. It is ultimately a positive, even though the immediate consequences are far from positive. But it does reveal how desperate the controllers can get when they feel like they're losing their grip on things. 
so absolutely yes. And the other part of your question, I would say that the stage that we are at is very difficult to characterize uh, in an overall way because it is coming into more decentralization on every level, economic, financial, political, um, creative, intellectual. In other words, a breaking away from these gigantic institutions and centralized structures that have been dominating uh, public life for a very long time as more people realize that these institutions are not built to serve them, that they, the people, are supposed to serve the institutions. And this is an untenable situation. And the payoffs for remaining uh, a slave are not good. They're not good at all. So people are beginning to realize, hey, even if I want to go along with the way things are, the results are not looking good for me. And so what I really need to do is find more and more ways to decentralize my existence and my life. Mr. John Rappaport, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. You can learn more about John by going to his website at nomorefakenews.com. And I also want to bring to our audience's attention that John did a real great job this year of letting people know about the vaccinations and how uh, treacherous they were. He brought a lot of uh, brought a lot of broke a lot of great stories this year. So I implore you to please go to his website, look at some of his articles that he's written, and look at some of his CDs. He's got a lot of great products on there. So John, thank you so much for being with us. Always a great pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Joining us now is Mr. Michael Harrison the publisher of Talkers Magazine and Radio Info. He is also host of the wildly popular podcast, Up, Close, and Far Out with Michael Harrison. Mr. Harrison, welcome to the program. Thank you for being with us. And can you please tell our listeners what some of your predictions are? Well first, of all, well, first of all, Ryan, thank you for having me on the program. I love being on this show because I really like this show, and it's an honor to be part of it. I am always asked, as uh, because I'm editor of Talkers Magazine, which deals in you know news and, and subjects, what are the big stories going to be the next year? And my answer usually is the unknown. I've been tracking stories, and I've been tracking news now for decades. And every year, the big story, the thing that changes the course of human events, whether it's a 9-11 type of an event or somebody dying or uh, an unexpected winner of the Super Bowl, um, it, it usually is the unknown. It's usually something that comes out of left field that people are not expecting. So um, my my stock answer to predictions in terms of you know putting on the uh, – you know, the, the, the uh, fortune teller outfit is something that we're not expecting will happen because it always does. Okay, let's, let's move that aside. Looking at media, another area that I talk about, I think that we're going to continue to see a tremendous uh, rapid increase in the already fast uh, acceleration of technology. I think that technology is just going wild. And it's changing the way we're wired. It's changing the way we think. It's changing the way we live. 
And um, I think there'll be all kinds of innovations happening in, in 2016 that we aren't even thinking about, uh, particularly, obviously, in the uh, area of computation. And uh, I think that uh, that is something that is evident. Now, in terms of um, the things that you talk about on your show, which is one of the reasons I'd like to be here, you know, uh, the couple of times you've had me on, we get into uh, multiple universes and uh, multiple timelines and uh, alternate realities. And I kind of look at predicting as um, really like a, a meteorologist would look at the possibility of what the weather's going to be. You look, at the, you look at the elements on the table. You look at the probabilities. And then you say, okay, there's an 80% chance of this. There's a 10% chance of that, you know, whatever. And I believe that um, anything that could happen actually does happen somewhere somehow. So that uh, in, in, in some universe, Trump is going to be the president. In another universe, Hillary is going to be the president. Um, in another universe, uh, it'll be Rubio. Uh, that, that anything that could be is, is likely to happen somewhere within the larger scheme of reality. And we can only hope that good things happen to us here on this timeline. <laughs> you know? So it's more that I'm hopeful because at this particular moment, at the end of 2015, and I've been around, you know, I've traveled around the sun many, many times in my life. I've been around a long time. This is one of the most dangerous years that I can remember. Uh, there, there's a lot of bad news possibilities on the horizon. And, boy, we could use some good luck. We could really use a break today, as that commercial used to go. So uh, I'm hoping that some of the terrible things that could happen, more terrorist uh, threats, uh, death, destruction, mayhem, war, um, just all of the shootings, uh, I, I, I hope that maybe, you know, we, we take a little turn in the road and we, we head in a better direction than we're in right now. And, uh, and that's the way I feel about, uh, you know, 2016 looking ahead. I'm really glad you went in that direction. As somebody who's been a very passionate advocate of freedom and has really brought a lot of the, to the world's attention, a lot of the repression and regression on freedoms, what would you consider to be a major breakthrough in the collective consciousness when it comes to personal freedom, when it comes to personal liberty? What could possibly happen that would cause a sizable shift in people becoming more freedom-minded, more individually um, responsibility-minded? Maybe we'll discover life on another planet. Maybe this will be the year that we find out that there's a lot more to um, existence than we realize, to open our eyes to uh, the fact that... Uh, that there's, this is a bigger universe and that existence is uh, far more complex and greater than our puny little petty human concerns. And I think that that, that is a possibility that it will open up the door to more freedom and liberty. Um, I do believe that we are in a quandary because the evolution of the Internet and the digital age is actually giving each and every one of us uh, more freedom to express ourselves, more freedom to get information, and more freedom to be in touch with other humans. On the other hand, this new technology is taking away our privacy. So we are losing privacy on one hand, gaining freedom on the other, and I don't know how it comes out in the mix. I'm trying to analyze that. Uh, the other thing I, I'm sad to say is that sometimes if you study history, something terrible has to happen 
in order for something good to come of it. That, that, that You know the old saying, you have to hit rock bottom before you're willing to, to start climbing out of the mess. And yeah. I hope that we don't have the kind of catastrophe that is so horrible that it takes that to wake us up that we're heading in the wrong direction. I will tell you this, that uh, the war on terrorism has uh, done more to take away our individual liberties and our freedom in America than anything else I can remember in our lifetime. And um, it bugs me to see that uh, we're so hyped into fear and we're so hyped into hatred by the media and the politicians, all of which erodes our freedom. So I think that the thing that could make us free would be, one, if we stop being so damn afraid of our shadow and, um, you know, bolster our backbones and, and go forward with bravery, that's a freeing situation. And two, just maybe somehow the earth will pass into some magic pixie dust cloud out there in the cosmos and uh, open the window of enlightenment because, uh, as I said, there are many more factors at play that are going to take away our freedom and take away our enlightenment than, uh, than otherwise. Mr. Michael Harrison, publisher of Talkers Magazine, Radio Info, and host of the podcast, Up Close and Far Out, Michael Harrison. Thank you so much. It was a great joy and pleasure to speak with you as always, and uh, really great to have you on the show, Michael. Thank you, Ryan. Happy New Year. Joining us now is Mr. Dave Schrader, host of Darkness Radio and fill-in host, regular fill-in host for Coast to Coast AM, the largest paranormal show in America. Mr. Schrader, it is a great joy and pleasure to have you on our program. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. Welcome. And what are some of your predictions that you foresee happening in 2016? Wow, you know, that's always a heady topic. As I've said, I'm not a psychic or a medium, but just kind of looking at the trends. um, And, you know, I'm trying to stay away from the dark stuff. I mean, right now it's really easy to get embroiled in all the stories that are going around with terrorism and and, uh, shootings and and just brutality. But aside from that, I, I think that from on the on the positive side, some of the things I've seen, I think that 2016 is going to show uh, some major medical breakthroughs, uh, including um, the way cancer and Alzheimer's will be looked at and treated. And I think that we're not too far off from seeing an eradication of uh, most cancer diseases. And I think we're going to start to hear about that in in 2016. Okay, so you see a lot of medical breakthroughs. Do you see any breakthroughs as far as human consciousness goes? You deal, you have a huge listenership, and they've been with you for a very long time. Do you find that people are questioning things more or, let's say, growing a little bit more? All right. I said I was going to try to stay positive. This is this will be a, a different <laughs> kind of message. I, I'm, a, I'm a little worried, truthfully, about okay. the way of the world right now. We've come to a point in our lives and in history where it's never been easier to communicate with one another. We can literally, in the push of a button, talk to somebody in Australia, you know, an entire half a world away. We can talk to people in third world countries. We can communicate. We can, we can exchange thoughts and ideas. But with that being said, I think we're quickly becoming a world dependent on technology and forgetting the human condition, forgetting what it's like to communicate with one another. I'm, I'm a little worried that our 
codependency on things like our tablets and, and computers and cell phones, we're forgetting how to communicate with one another one-on-one -on -one in a humanistic way. And I think that may actually stunt our capabilities with growing, you know, kind of in a metaphysical or spiritual or, uh, you know, that kind of way where we're going to maybe the global consciousness is better for it. I think it's more of a dumbing down of our consciousness that's going on right now. And I don't know how to stop it, reverse it, and, uh, but I think something needs to be done to bring us all back together learning to talk with one another, communicate with one another, because we see how things are going around the world right now. And communication is breaking down on a global scale. And, and I've I, I got to be honest, I'm really concerned with that. Okay, and I guess it's definitely enough reason to be concerned. And Dave, on your show, you've explored a lot of the positive and negative aspects of the human, human, humanity. You've also explored positive and negative entities and spirits. And I'm curious to know, based on your years of broadcasting, do you find that when a collective society is less inclined to ask questions or is more codependent, that they find themselves to be more susceptible to the negative forces and uh, influence of the negative entities that may be surrounding them? Well, that's a great question. Uh, it, it then comes, what is the definition of a negative energy, uh, entity or negative energies? You know, when, when our heads are so filled with tragedy, news, cyberbullying, uh, commentary that's just, I mean, you pop onto Facebook or Twitter, 90% of the commentary going on is negative. So I think a lot of the quote-unquote negative energy, negative entities that we may be surrounded with are, are self-fulfilling prophecies. I think we're creating this cataclysmic wave of negativity and when you resonate at a certain vibration when you're at that level that's what you're going to draw to you like a magnet and I think it's going to take people stepping outside of themselves stepping outside of their comfort zones and becoming real again that we'll start seeing more enlightenment we'll start seeing people not feeling so oppressed by, you know, whatever you want to call it, demons or malevolent spirits or just dark energy. Um, and I know that sounds kind of big and innocuous, but I really do think that, that what we focus on is what, what we receive. And, you know, when, when I go on an investigation, I'll go in happy-go-lucky, having a good time. The people that are laughing and have a good time will have experiences. And the people that are fretting and nervous and excitable or frightened, it seems whenever they have an experience, it's something terrifying. It's They catch an EVP, electronic voice phenomena, that says something like, get out, or you know something Jeez. maybe more verbally abusive. Uh, they may find themselves being scratched, or their hair pulled, or something that they just don't find to be a comforting connection. And... I think when you when you put that kind of energy out and you're so worried and you're so wrought with this tension that you're you're drawing that negative energy to you. So I think that in in watching we've had some great encounters at places where you know we've been laughing and joking and running a recorder at the same time and we play back the recorder and the spirits are laughing or interjecting in our conversations and it's not a negative 
you know, communication. So <clears throat> I, I, I don't know that I, I – yeah, I don't know if I've answered your question. <laughs> I feel like well, you have answered the question. I just want to elaborate a little bit more on it, that one of the most popular shows in the world right now is called The Walking Dead, which is a post-apocalyptic zombie show sure. and features people – out there. And that's just one of many shows that focus on this, these apocalyptic times. And I'm curious to know if, if people are so obsessed with this and they're focusing all their energy, I'm curious to know if this reality of the entertainment is a reflection of what is going to come or if their focus and their passion for these type of shows is actually going to bring into reality, our present reality, a, a situation like that because so many people are giving it so much credence and so much energy. Well, you know what? Here's something that I think a lot of people miss in the message of Walking Dead. It's a social commentary that I think actually comes from a very positive place. And I know that probably sounds weird when you think about, you know, undead coming to life and trying to eat us. But you get to see different aspects of the human condition in, in shows like The Walking Dead. And certainly there's a lot of negativity, but at the core of the entire story, it's about family and what constitutes a family. It's not always blood. It's not always somebody that we grew up with. It's the people that we connect with, the people that we love and the people that become part of our community and look what have they been stripped of they've been stripped of cell phones and and uh, computers and laptops and tablets and they're forced to be real with one another they're forced to face uh, you know issues head-on I think if you know in this fantasy world if the walking dead ever came true if the dead came to life and just started attacking people would be so caught off guard because their heads are buried in, in a, an electronic device and they're not paying attention to the world around them, I think, I think we'd be wiped out much faster than, than you've seen on TV. Um, you know, I know that sounds weird and bleak, but again, just kind of looking at the show, you focus on the negativity of what's going on. Sure, I mean, you know, putting out thought forms, which are called tulpas, uh, and focusing on that negative energy can create that but again i just i'm really fascinated more with the human element of the show and how you know these people come together and and believe in each other and even when they're kind of caught in situations with people they don't know or trust they still seem very willing and open to the idea of giving a second chance believing in each other and and believing that there's a greater good among people than what we might be seeing at first and that we're we're bigger and we're better than the circumstances we find ourselves in. Well, I think that's a very positive message. And putting on that note, Mr. Dave Schrader, I want to thank you so much for being thank you so much for being with us today. To learn more about Dave, please go to his website at darknessradio.com to find several great show archives. I have been listening to this gentleman's program for a number of years. It's fantastic. He really does a great job of exploring and having some great guests on his show. Dave, thank you so much for being with us. It was a great pleasure. Hey, thank you very much. Be safe, love one another, and be kind. That's the most important message. Take care. Joining us now is Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, research psychologist, psychoanalyst, and author of the book, What Price Power? An In-Depth Study of Professional Women in a Relationship. Dr. Birnbaum, welcome to the program. And can you please tell us, what you feel are some of your predictions for 2016? Well, you know, the predictions are that we're going to have some uh, problems with uh, this uh, terrorism and uh, what's going on around our country. But then again, the other prediction is that we are going to be evolving 
into a more compassionate, caring human beings to prevent this from uh, continuing. So in the long run, we're rising to a higher sense of uh, well-being and to uh, mental stability. So I really see this uh, going into a better situation, a better direction for us, and and eventually uh, we will settle into seeing that we can exist uh, with one another, hopefully. So there's a lot of things that when we think about the future and where we're going, uh, it's not only about war, it's not only about our environment, although we do have to step up to pollution and make sure that uh, other countries have the resources, the natural resources they need, or they're going to also be at war with us, and we're going to have to share or find ways to let them uh, live their lives uh, accordingly. So that's something else that's going to be problematic. But as far as what to look forward to, there's a lot. We're talking about space travel. We're talking about having the ability to have robots uh, take over, and eventually, I'm talking 30, 40, 50 years from now, hopefully, we can even have robots replace our parts. So, Okay. I want to pause you right there about the robots sure. because that's actually an emerging trend that we have been seeing, or at least a lot of people are discussing, sure. the robots. Now, when human beings decide to abdicate responsibility for things and have someone else do, like, say, the heavy lifting, we're not just talking about robots. We're talking about, you know, even – you know, having politicians decide what laws they should live by and just saying, oh, someone else will take care of it, someone else will take care of it. Do you feel that um, the less responsibilities human beings take on, the more inclined they are to de-evolve and to not think for themselves and to, you know, become less inclined to, I guess, explore or grow? That's an excellent question, and that's true. We could get lazy if we have robots doing everything for us. So in one way, you know, science, having a robot help you to live longer, uh, let's say if your heart or something is giving way, that's something good. But what you're talking about is to be able to have the ability to use all your senses so you can make a difference to this world, otherwise you become lethargic. You know, robots are objects that you push the button and you set them up to think a certain way. And you want to be able to evolve and keep changing as much as possible so they can only change as much as you change. So you're right. You have to be motivated. You have to keep on top of things. You have to think for yourself. Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, thank you so much for being with us and for your great predictions. And to learn more about Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, you want to go to our website at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Frieda, F-R-I-E-D-A, dot com. Thank you so much, Dr. Frieda. Always fun with you, Ryan. Thank you. Joining us now is Mr. Chris Krepsik, founder of the HoodedSage.com, metaphysical teacher. Mr. Krepsik, welcome to the program. And can you please tell our audience what you feel are some of your predictions for 2016? Uh, sure. Um, first of all, thank you, Ryan, for having me on your show. Um, secondly, um, I think the most interesting thing is not so much about any new predictions as much as we're seeing them start to unfold. Um over the past 10 years and such, one of the main things which I find interesting with the moment is things like the European migration crisis, because we've had tons of visions over the years of those migrations and people just walking 
uh, and traveling and just migrating out of their countries into other locations. Okay. Now, some of these visions that you've seen, are you visiting, are these visions of things that are destined to manifest in physical reality unless there's a fundamental shift in human consciousness? Um, I don't know. You know, visions are always like over-exaggerations. It's never always exactly um, the same way that you see them in the other worlds or, or in your visionary experiences. It's, it's exaggerations and also very symbolic. A lot of visions are symbolic of changes, but not necessarily um, literally manifested, if that makes sense. And then sometimes they're very accurate. You know, like you have tons of people migrating across um, not just in Europe, but I mean, America itself has a migration problem going on as well. Right. And when you're having these visions and you have other people who are seeing these visions, is there an indication that leads you to believe when something is very close to manifesting physically into this reality? Um, what do you mean? At the time you're having the vision, usually you don't know, yes. usually you don't know until something happens in the physical plane to validate it. Well, I mean, do you ever get any inklings or feelings or strong gut feelings, gut reactions to to say that you know something very positive or something made, something very negative is about to occur? Is it a um, is it a, an intensifying feeling? Yeah, most of the time it's very um, very small things. Like you can see things happening before they happen. Like you may have a sense of somebody um, that you're having a vision of, and then all of a sudden they call you on the phone or they uh, send you an email or something. You know, those type of things happen all the time. And instantly, and people experience them a lot more than than they realize. And then there's there's always um, whenever in, something intense or major is happening, then yeah, you have an intense feeling about it. You don't always know exactly what it is. And then uh, once it manifests, then it kind of proves that your subtle feelings were accurate. Okay. And is there any type of and there are any things that you foresee happening, or at least maybe even closer to happening in 2016? I think things are going to get a lot more dangerous. Some of it's probably too dangerous to even speak of, but you know, there's going to be more violence, more, more situations like that. And you're definitely going to have more and more, um, weird earth changes, strange weather, you know, look at, look at Ireland and, um, England right now, and they're being flooded by water, you know, it's kind of catastrophic. Okay. And if you were to look, I mean, just to remind our audience, you know, we listen to some of your previous shows, you have the ability to look at people's etheric energy fields and to look at uh, a lot of people on their basic soul compounds and see whether they're comprised of. Do you see collective humanity right now continuing to barrel down a path of, of a darker energy, or do you see any sparks indication that would lead you to conclude that humanity is kind of on an upswing that it's about to rediscover itself or it's in the process of discovering it's, you know, the beautiful celestial energies. Well, it's both. I mean, it has to be both because in order for you to experience that type of light and shift in consciousness, it causes the darkness to surface. You can't really align to um, the celestial force and light without your darkness bubbling up, which forces you to process it, you know, because you, you have to. <clears throat> You cannot align to a faster vibrational frequency without ditching the slower vibrational frequencies, which is basically aligning to light as you process and release your darkness. So it has to Do come you, out. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, um, acted out on, but that stuff will surface. Um, anybody that's on the spiritual path will will realize as their darkness bubbles up that it's something for them to look at and process in order to transform. 
Now, the downside of that is not everybody's necessarily on the spiritual journey. I mean, everybody is, but they're not necessarily actively involved with it or even believe in it. But the evolution of it's still there and still happens. So as that darkness rises, um, they'll act it out in certain ways. So you will see the rise of the shadow. Okay. And do you ever feel or have you ever sensed that celestial type forces or even divine forces would purposely provoke a very dark or very catastrophic event upon humanity for the sole purpose of forcing the shadow out of collective humanity and putting humanity on a different path or redirecting it on a path of celestial uh, positive energy? I don't think it really happens that way. Um, they don't necessarily cause the darkness to happen. Most of the darkness that you see is the inner shadow of humans manifesting. Um, the celestial forces kind of have to keep their distance a bit, but they're definitely pushing light into human consciousness, but they don't necessarily cause the, the darkness to happen. They don't necessarily cause dark things to happen. If you're talking about earth changes, um, cataclysms and such, um, you know, that's not necessarily dark. It's just change. It's the evolution of the planet and it's nature. And nature is the most, um, probably the closest thing to, um, observing spiritual evolution as you can find it's the spirituality of nature everything has to change <clears throat> you can't really say that a tsunami is bad yes it's sad for the people that it happens to and the you know and the people that get hurt from it but basically it's just that's the power of nature and nature can be a dangerous force okay and the final question i have for you mr Krepsik, is this is that if somebody listening wants to have a self-fulfilling prophecy for their own life growing substantially and let's say increasing the amount of celestial light they can hold and the celestial energy they can hold what is the one or two things that you recommend they immediately begin doing well they have to learn to neutralize their their ego emotion and mind into a calmness and that comes through meditation and learning to enter trance states um, you have to shut down the intellect from interfering you know the the human mind is basically in a constant loop of thought, and a large percentage of that is negativity. We have to close all of that down to where you can see things with a clear slate. Mr. Chris Krepsik, founder of thehoodstage.com and metaphysical teacher. It was a great pleasure and great joy to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being with Thank us. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is Miss Marie Manucheri, registered nurse, metaphysical teacher, author of Intuitive Self-Healing. And she also has her own practice. You can learn more about her by going to her website at energyintuitive.com. Ms. Cherry, welcome back to the program. And what are your, some of your predictions for 2016? Well, thank you so much for having me, uh, Ryan. It's just a joy to be interviewed by you. You are dynamic and very fun, so I enjoy it. Thank you for asking me. Uh, 2016, well, it's, I think that's a very interesting question. I think we're, we are in the midst of a very strong rising of consciousness in the human race that began in 2012, towards the end of 2012. So we are in this place where we're noticing the, the disparages of the, wor the world a lot more seriously than we ever have before. We're noticing this huge divide from high vibrational energy to low vibrational energy. And I think more and more and more people are very curious about how do I maintain that frequency? How do I get out of the low vibration? Even though it's happening all around me or even in our own personal lives, how do I stay on that track of manifesting um, and creating what I want in my life? So uh, 
people looking at their um, destiny and their life path and trying to understand intuition. This is only going to grow exponentially in 2016. So I, I think uh, it's really important for practitioners or people who want to be on the leading edge of thought to help the human race evolve to go ahead and pursue those careers and be available to offer people with valuable insight because the human realm is really, really waking up, which I never thought I would say that in my lifetime. <laughs> I, I really did not think it would happen. Um, we have a lot yes. of uh, planetary issues still going on with Pluto and Uranus and um, right around the same time that we had this increase of consciousness in 2012, we also had an increase of um, we had a shift in the chakra awareness. So the human race has been for a very long time in the solar plexus or the third chakra, uh, trying to figure out what self-love means. You know, really working on this whole concept: what does self-love mean? What does self-love mean? And we reached a tipping point at the end of that year, 2012, very powerful year. And enough people on the planet actually realized that it's a feeling. And most of us, or a lot of individuals, realize that it's very important, even if they haven't really secured that type of a, an awareness. It's, we've reached a tipping point where enough human beings understand um, what self-love is and that it's necessary. So collectively, our whole consciousness moved to the fourth chakra. And this year in 2016, I think we're going to see a huge, significant change in empathy. We're going to notice more and more people waking up to their empathic heart chakra. So, Ryan, someone like yourself, you're already highly empathic. You feel other people. You always have your entire life. There's a lot of people on the planet whose heart chakras remain still about in that two and a half inches of diameter, um, which is still lovely and gorgeous, but it's not an empathetic heart. So they can't feel that what their actions will do if they hurt another person or do fraudulent activity or something of that nature. Impacts can still feel what's happening, and we all have free will. We can still choose to take actions that, w that would negatively affect another person, but we can see how it would affect someone, and that really holds us back from doing deceitful acts or um, participating in violent acts. So we're going to notice this increasing on the planet more, and a lot of times when heart chakras open up, that means that actually probably more challenging things have occurred that allow people to learn and to move into compassion. And we're already starting to see it around the world. I think when we start to have events that happen close to the end of any year, we can expect more of those in the next year. And we do have a theme going on in the world right now where we have more um, more violence happening in, in yeah. unexpected violence and global ways. definitely noticeable. I remember listening to a recent interview where a gentleman said, you know who wakes up every day? He said, prisoners wake up every day. They wake up, but then they realize that they're in a prison cell, and there's nothing they can really do about it. And that there are a lot of people across the world who may wake up and become more aware of, let's say, for example, the the, the darkness and the total control that darkness has upon them. Yet they are still, you know, restrained by their physical body, restricted in the areas for which they live and work. And what is fundamentally going to bring about a, a societal change when you have a vast majority of people, maybe even a growing majority of people, who are maybe you would consider or call them de-evolving, who are becoming more um, susceptible to the propaganda or more susceptible to the dark forces. I can just cite this as a pure observation saying that I, I feel that people are less critical, uh, think less critically than they did many years ago. So with all those forces coming against you, how is this change going to occur? And could humanity actually wind up losing the this great big battle 
to the dark consciousness. Yeah, I don't think we will. I think we're going to feel like the dark consciousness is really something that we can feel and pulsate, and then we can feel the pulsation of, of that stagnant energy. But I really think that we're not going to notice it next year, but by 2018, I think we're going to notice uh, more empathy opening up. So when a person's heart chakra opens up, it's a very profound experience. So someone could be a criminal or a terrorist or a, a highly fraudulent person who has had a closed heart chakra, meaning they can't feel other people. That's why they don't have that barometer that allows them, or how you described it, that critical thinking, to make them go, oh, if I do this, this is the trickling effect that's going to affect all these people and ultimately themselves. Because when you have an empathetic heart, you can feel God consciousness, and you know that when you do things consciously that affect other people, you are the person who's going to be affected the most ultimately. Ultimately, whether it's in this lifetime or another lifetime, karma is very much alive and well. And so when an individual who, who um, their heart opens up, they can see all of that. They have a, a better understanding, a better feeling about it. So they start to make radical changes. And we have seen this sometimes um, where someone who has been a criminal for a long time completely changes their ways, feels extremely responsible for what they did, and they start to do things very, very differently. Now that has been rare and unusual, at least from a, a public perspective, you know, because some of these experiences could be very private, and we may have no idea that they've even occurred. But we are going to start to have those experiences in 2018 where more and more people are changing the decisions that they would make that would be more crime-related or violent-related because their heart chakras are going to open. And I think the violence that we're going to experience over the next, definitely next year, is going to help in that matter. And I know that seems like, how could that be? But sometimes a lot of loss can help someone to open up their heart. It's just kind of what happens. Uh, do your intuitive guides and feelings uh, tell you that we're going to have a World War Three type event, or is it going to take a go of a catastrophe in order to awaken the world's hearts or the majority of people on the planet's That's hearts? That's a really good question. I did speak to my guides about this because I can feel the emergence of that possibility. And they they have said that it's not going to be a real World War III event, meaning there's not going to be nuclear bombs involved, which is great. Um, and I hope that that maintains true. <laughs> but a lot of people will feel that kind of energy, that kind of intensity, um, because it's, it feels like we're out of control. Whenever we feel like we're out of control, which is kind of what world wars have been for us, um, for the world, um, that's what declares them that. It won't be at that big of a scale, but we're going to have the same feeling. So it's, it's going to be challenging, and I would encourage people to um, be very high in their energy, be very optimistic to... Uh, focus on the things that are positive because positive thinking is powerful, more powerful than negative thinking. So if we can collectively have moments of time where we can feel the positivity of life and gratitude about the simplest things, that could really help to diffuse the large um, masses of negativity. One of the reasons why we're noticing a lot happening right now is a, a strong planet Uranus, which is in Mars, which is the warring planet. It has been for several years already. It's going to, direct, going to be direct at the end of this month. So it's been retrograde. I'm not an astrologer, but I love astrology. It's been retrograde since about June. And when a planet like Uranus, while it's in Mars, is going direct, it becomes forceful. So that's why we're noticing more and more of these bursts of tragic violence um, that are happening around the world. Well, I've heard several times 
that the vibration of Earth is rising, that it is changing, that it is becoming a higher vibration. So if Earth is raising its vibration and it has a series of people that are on the planet that are at various vibrations, but you have people that are at very low vibrations, wouldn't the logical sense be that people of a lower vibration would have to physically depart the planet or yeah. the vibration of the Earth would only have a matching fit to people who are of the higher vibrational frequency? And if that is true, what changes can we expect to see on the planet within the next year or the next five years? Right. Well, I, I think the Earth realm moves a hell of a lot I hope I can say that word, a heck of a lot slower yeah. than what most people would like, especially people who have strong spiritual beliefs. You know, you know, we tend to be extremely optimistic and we can see the beauty of the potential and impossibility for humanity and all the dimensions beyond. But this is one of the lowest time-space realities in all of the cosmos, Earth realm is, and it was created to be a place of contrast. So I, I don't think we're going to have this super gigantic emergence of consciousness, but I do think that, yes, we're going to have a lot of people leaving the planet um, because of they are having a very difficult time maintaining their frequency, and the world is so challenging and so difficult for them that they will be leaving the planet. So I do believe that will happen. Um, I, I agree 100% that the planet is at a much higher frequency. The Earth realm, you know, she's a soul herself. She's an entity growing and evolving. And if she wanted to get rid of us, if things weren't going well for her, deep in the core of her soul, she could easily do that. She's already, you know, gotten rid of uh, everything that existed on the planet or a lot of things that existed on the planet um, at least one time in documented history. So she's happy. She's content. She's excited about our growth in consciousness. I, I think that we're going to notice kind of a balancing out happening, and then we're going to notice a rise in frequency probably not until 2020 where we, we notice more consistency of things being resolved faster with less violence and more um, positivity. Ms. Marie Manucherry, registered nurse, author of Intuitive Self-Healing, owner of her own practice, and uh, you know, metaphysical teacher. It was great having you. Okay. To learn more about Ms. Manucherry, please go to our website at energyintuitive.com. Thank you so much for being Thank with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a beautiful day and happy holidays. Joining us now is Miss Missy Galore, Shamanatrix. You can learn more about her by going to her website at missygalore.com. Miss Galore, what are some of your predictions for 2016? Well, in 2016, we are continuing the shift of ages and a lot of the um, transformations that are happening culturally are mimicked fractally in our relationship with the stars. And specifically, this element that we are now an intergalactic species, we have the Voyager probe that's out of the heliosphere into interstellar space, and we are recognizing that we are part of a much more vast living organism than we had previously realized. And with this paradigm shift, we find people with expanded sense of possibility. And this okay. means uh, a big opening for us to bring into, into reality on planet Earth the dreams and the aspirations that have been in the ether in these past years. We've been seeing old structures dissolve and wondering what's coming next. And this is our, our time to create that next phase. 
Miss Missy Galore, Shamanette, Shamanatrix. Thank you so much for being with us today. To learn more about Miss Missy Galore, please go to our website at missygalore.com. Thanks so much Pleasure, for Ms. having Galore. me. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Joining us now is the astrophenom, our astrologer, Miss Constance Stellas. You can learn more about Miss Stellas. Get your astrological chart reading done with Miss Stellas by going to her website at constancestellas.com. Miss Stellas, what do you foresee in the stars happening for 2016? The, the phrase fear and trembling comes to mind. Um, Hillary's going to become president. Ah. Well... I'm truly not sure who will win the presidency. Okay. Um, I just wrote a blog about it. Uh, Hillary, I believe, will get the nomination for the Democratic Party. Um, the, uh, in my blog, I, the, the major contenders, Trump, Carson, uh, Fiorina, she's not major, but Fiorina, Christie, Rubio, are all... Uh, either Virgo or Gemini, and these signs are the least represented of uh, all the presidents that we've had in this country. Doesn't mean that it's impossible, but astrologically speaking, their chances are low. Even Trump, with all of his polls and everything else. Um, the the thing that might switch this around. Oh, and the person who astrologically has a chart that is a classic. Um, uh, kind of proven <laughs> within a small sample chart for president is Jeb Bush. However, we don't see much action from no. Mr. Bush right now. So, I mean, read the blog. It's on Huffington Post. It's kind of interesting. Uh, the the thing is that I feel uh, we are in um, a little bit like Alice in Wonderland. You know, nothing is as it seems. And this arc of planetary confusion will continue through 2016. Um, astrologically, it's the planet Neptune square the planet Saturn, or Saturn square Neptune. Saturn is rigid structure, time, reality, concrete, earthy manifestation. Neptune is hazy, dreamy, delusional, um, can be spiritual awakening and involvement, but also speaks to um, uh, religious fanaticism. So what, there's no, you don't need an astrologer to tell anybody that the Middle East is still a mess and is not going to clean up anytime soon. What is happening there politically is the repercussions from the... Um, wars and conflicts a uh, hundred years ago when the great powers just kind of carved up the Middle East and said, well, this is going to be Saudi Arabia, this is going to be um, uh, Syria, this is going to be Lebanon. And there were many national, in I shouldn't say national, tribal interests that the people in, that in those territories knew about, but the foreign powers didn't. And so they are reverting, plus the jihad terrorist element, which is not in anybody's interest, 
and we see in the horror after Paris so many Muslims saying they killed my sister, they killed members of my family. So the terrorists are a separate class. We cannot even call them Muslims because their view of Islam is not anything that um, the Quran advocates. Be that as it may, the big um, Syria and the Middle East and ISIS or ISIL, however you want to call them, a problem remains a problem and probably through 2018. The interference of um, Russia in terms of the Middle East, big problem and will remain a problem. And the whole situation with Ukraine, not so good. Um, in uh, the economies, we have a new event that now China's um, currency has been designated as a, I don't know how you want to call it, world currency. or, or a, So they're at least by the IMF as strong as the dollar, the euro, the pound, and the yen. So there are now five major cur cur currencies sorry, that can be traded and um, easily accessible by countries all over the world. I am not an economist, and I don't know realistically what this means, but it's a big feather in China's cap. I don't think the dollar is going to fall. I think that there will be some action in terms of the gold um, and the price of gold throughout the world. Um, I think that we will see um, difficulties on the sea. Neptune uh, rules the sea, the god of the sea, Poseidon. So this could be in terms of pirating ships, also um, ocean exploration in a positive sense as to how we can um, uh, feed people from the ocean. I don't think that that will manifest itself exactly in 2016, but that's focus. And of course, climate change, which is become a buzzword and nobody can really ignore. So the climate change people are really going in another direction as well as, they're no longer alerting people to the fact that it exists. That's old news. The new chapter is going to be geopolitical. How will powers and nations use or try to use climate change to either gain dominion over other people or, we hope, help the world, uh, the, the, the planet right itself. So all of those issues will be um, laid bare. If we take the high road, and by that I mean the spiritual sense of development and trying to make our individual life and see how that unites with a bigger life, as Pope Francis is trying to do daily in, as a spiritual leader, the Dalai Lama also, um, people at the UN, I mean, Pope Francis isn't alone, then we have the opportunity to make concrete, real, uh, a society that is more spiritually seeking. Um, I hope... <laughs> As far as this conflict between Neptune and the other, what was the other? The Saturn. Saturn. Doesn't there get to a point 
where only one can theoretically exist on the Earth plane at one time, because one is all about control and one is all about freedom. One cannot exist. It seems like neither can exist. And you're talking about this walls of reality crashing down and this dream state being interrupted. I mean, if you think about what could potentially wake someone up immediately from a dream state, I think the, the I feel like the, the economy, you know, the yeah, having an economic yeah. crash or something yeah. that would because that affects everyone. Yeah. But are there other awakenings right now? Do you feel that it is a yes, an awakening? Yes, there are absolutely. Of, of For example, let's look at the children being born right now in the in the in this year in the next couple of years. Um, these children are hardwired to. By, by virtue of their spirit right now, the, one, the, the souls that are incarnating now, to exist within the spiritual plane and the realistic plane rather comfortably. It's other people who are more um, wedded or attached to one or the other that have the, the controversy. So a little while ago, a couple of years ago, there was a movie made about... Um, Indigo children, that was the name given to them. Children who are born with um, what we call extrasensory perception, with very refined sensibilities, um, the ability to communicate uh, with other people over when you're not physically in the same space. And um, these qualities will be, uh, I think, not just in 2016, but as we move into the future, um, the way the planet will evolve, and these kids will be the leaders. Um, the way they lead will be quite different uh, than leadership before. So on a personal level, if you have a kid like this and you're the parent, um, you have to be very mindful that this child sees a world that you might only see in Star Wars. No, that's not a good example, but, but in your imagination. And yet the child needs to be nurtured and taken care of and fed and clothed and educated. But in their worldview moving forward rather than an old worldview. So the right. kids that are being born today have a big contribution. You know, I believe that you have, we discussed this previously when you've looked at the chart about America during their time of the Revolutionary War yeah. and other moments in history. And I'm curious to know, are there any similar clusters of similar chart readings that would indicate at any point in time when either America or the world will go through a substantial fundamental change? Do you see that happening in 2016? What do you mean a fundamental change? You mean a, a, a biological, physiological change or a I'm talking about a, a fundamental change, a shift of consciousness, and I'll bring to the attention of the uh, era of the birth of America where um, you know, f the idea of individual freedom was emphasized and it was brought in on a grander scale of as an entire country that was based in freedom, which was something that was radically new to the world at that particular time. And I'm curious to see if there are any other movements, astrologically speaking, where we're going to see a fundamental shift. And when I see a fundamental shift, an example might be that people decide uh, to really focus that the main priority is other people and not making money, or the main priority is to yeah, you know, no I, I think longer, definitely we're moving yeah. in that direction because we can't sustain the capitalist model of m bigger, better, sooner, faster, richer. We, it, it is unsustainable. And it has a lot to do with the climate, with geopolitics regarding oil, with um, currencies and gold and resources. 
and the uh, yes I, I think there will be that fundamental shift but whether it's like oh one day we're going to wake up and say hey I don't need all this stuff uh, and um, you know my brother is my brother and I'm going to work for the good of humanity it's a slow thing probably coming. not going to take yeah, it may take a little bit longer yeah definitely it's not going to happen in 2016 but um, there are a number of people who are fighting the good fight a number of people and for your own, if I can give advice here, for your own nervous system, uh, for one's own nervous system, it's very important to be outside, to play with their, your, your pets, your dog, to um, take a look at the trees, to walk by the ocean, to have a communication with essential um, uh, energies that renew your uh, soul, being, mind, heart. Because that's going to be those people who can connect and renew themselves rather than getting more and more frantic will be able to um, sustain themselves and contribute to other people who are trying to do the same thing. Miss Constance Stellis, the astrophenom. Thank you for your very great and very insightful predictions for 2016. To learn more about Miss Stellis and to get a reading done with Miss Stellis, please go to our website at ConstanceStellis.com. Thank you so much, Miss Stellis. You're welcome. Joining us now is Mr. Jeff Harmon, astrological and spiritual consultant. You can learn more about him by going to his website at JeffHarmon.com. Mr. Harmon. What are some of your predictions for 2016? Well, it, this is going to be, I think, an eventful year, a confusing and eventful year. What, what's interesting is we've had a lot of cycles that have really been powerful from 2012 up until now, and we're seeing the effect. I think, from what I can see, that uh, there's going to be more violence, and it's right around the corner. This jihad thing with... Um, the whole ISIS and all the other elements, I think, are, are is going to continue to grow. It was even today, uh, there was a report in, I don't know if you'd heard it, but France had just raided a number of mosques and found a huge cache of weapons, more of the ISIS propaganda videos. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that, number one. Secondly, I think it's going to also cause our government to do a lot more on surveillance, uh, high-tech surveillance, and we're going to see a big scramble here for more gun control. Not that I think that's going to do much good on this, but uh, that's what it looks like. And um, also on the presidential election, I think we're going to see uh, Hillary and Trump square off. That's what it looks like. And okay, I, so who's going to? Who's going to win? Well, I'm, I'm going to reserve that until later this year because I'm actually waiting uh, for some things to line up after the Republican Democratic nomination. But it looks to me, from the best I can see, that it's going to be between Hillary and Trump. Okay. And as far as anything you see happening on a positive nature for humanity in 2016? Well, I, I right. think they're going to continue to stimulate the economy, even in the face of what um, people are fearful of is collapse. And, and I have, I actually have a, a number of clients in kind of some interesting places related to the Fed um, and some military people that are actually I, I do consulting with. So I get to hear some inside stuff. And I think 
even though the deficit is, is skyrocketing, and there's no question anyone looking at this with 2020 vision is going to say, how could this be? But I think they're going to continue to stimulate the economy through making money more available, stimulating business, and, and which is a good thing. So on the positive note, I, I see that happening. But I also see this thing in the Middle East really becoming a major well, issue. Do you foresee, based on your chart, based on your readings um, and your expertise, that you're, we're going to have a collapse, an economic collapse? I'm sorry, you cut out right on what you, we were saying. Do you see, based on your chart readings? Yeah. Do you foresee an economic collapse happening? Well, I don't. Not right now. I where I see that coming is much closer to 220. Okay. Um, 220, and, and that's something interesting about 2016. 2016 seems to be a positioning year where it's a very confusing, a lot of trouble, but we're marching towards a major, major marker in society that hasn't happened for almost 240-something years, which is what ushered in the Industrial Revolution. We're about now ready to see a super high-tech revolution coming in, much more so than we've seen yet. I mean, Okay, high-tech revolution, you're talking about artificial intelligence, what kind of uh, tech revolution? I, I think see? we're going to see technology soaring off the charts. There's been so much technology suppressed uh, that hasn't been uh, economically feasible to market that's going to become feasible. Um, when, uh, and I'm talking energies, genetics, uh, computer technology is going to start to become more economically feasible. 2020 is a huge marker, and 2016, I think, is a precursor to that. I think we're going to see also our personal freedoms become more and more and more narrowed by surveillance. Mr. Jeff Harmon, astrological and spiritual consultant, thank you so much for being with us today. To learn more about Mr. Harmon, please go to his website at jeffharmon.com. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me on. Joining us now is Ms. Dawn Silver. Yen, astrologer and author of the book, The Jewels of the Lotus. Ms. Silver, thank you so much for being with us today. Welcome to the program. And what are some of your predictions for 2016? You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I think, you know, 2016 is going to be a very innovative year, uh, particularly for the United States, but everywhere it's going to be an enthusiastic year. Um, it's a time uh, to consider new business, there's some really strong periods in the chart of the United States in particular uh, coming up in early spring that are particularly great for starting new businesses, to run with ideas, and um, not to look back. But if you're not fully with your feet planted, it's not a good year for that because you could be a little uh, um, upset a little too easy, easily. I think this year in general is going to be a year of great economic growth. Uh, and the focus this year is going to be, I think, on education. Education is going to be very, very important. And then anything that has to do with in, uh, creative and innovative types of ideas and planting seeds. This is a big year for being inventive. Uh, it also could be a rough year in many uh, ways. We're still ending what's called the uh, cardinal climax. It's coming to a close over the next two to three years, more so as we come to 2020. So this has been going on since we've had what's called the uh, waxing square of Pluto and Uranus in the heavens. That roughly takes place every 45 years. So there's been uh, a lot of governments we're seeing get stronger. A lot of the voice of the people is getting stronger through riots and demonstrations and strikes and so on and so forth. But by the time we get to 2020, a lot of this will settle in and we're going to have a lot of new world structure 
you know, for better or for worse, whatever. Um, oh, so you, go ahead. Do you see, um, we see a new world structure, which means what, more centralized control? You know, it's entirely possible. I'm not prepared to make that prediction, but I think I, it, it would be hard not to see that as being the case. It doesn't have to completely be a bad thing because this year we're going to see more people helping the sick and people are going to be pushing up the under, underdog, and that's why the opposition to it is looking pretty bad right now. Um, this is an interesting year. I think this is the year, you know, Jupiter is in the sign of Virgo, and Virgo is all about health and health and healthy eating and natural eating and getting people fed. So I think this is going to be very big in our astrologies for the year. And for that reason, I see the Democrats staying in, pub, in power because they're the ones who are promoting issues that deal with that. Timing's everything in astrology. And for that reason, I think uh, we're going to go that direction. And both Hillary and uh, Bernie have a lot of planets in their chart that support that kind of energy. I think young okay. people are going to take the stage even more so um, as they have, as you saw in Malala. Uh, taking the stage, so there's going to be a lot of mighty girls. I think this year is going to be the year of the girl, too, 2000. year of the girl. I think so. I think Hillary has it to win, personally. I think this is going to be the year of transforming the female perception, especially as we get to the election period. I think it's really interesting because the birth of the Democratic Party has their moon at 28 degrees of Aquarius, and the chart for Election Day, uh, wherever I have it here, um, has their moon at 26 degrees of Aquarius. Um, all right, everything's here in front of me. And the other interesting thing is it's conjunct Pallas Athena, which rules law, and I actually think that a lawyer is going to win on Election Day. And as far as I know, Hillary is the only lawyer in the group. I'm not sure. So Ted Cruz alert. Trump's not going to win? I do not think Trump is going to win. I think he's going to completely peter out. I think okay. he's got plenty of attention now. He's got a Leo rising. Jupiter was in Leo last year. So uh, it got him famous. But he's got his moon in Sagittarius. So whatever he thinks about long-distance affairs, he just says it. It just comes right out his mouth. He's famous for saying bad things about foreigners. And this is not going to fly. After June, I think this is going to be over. Um, I think all his actions are going to peter out. Um, I, I actually was saying something about it on the Internet the other day because right now he has Jupiter square his sun-moon opposition. His sun-moon opposition are in fabulous signs of Gemini and Sagittarius, but they talk first and think later. And so he says anything that comes to his mind, but right now Jupiter is all about ideology, and so he's going to be challenged for all of this, I kind of, um, by what I see, I see him being done by June. And I think February is going to be another big takedown month as it is right now for him. Because he also has Saturn coming to his moon, and that has a lot to do with self-undoing. And so I think he's going to be greatly challenged. He is saying what a lot of people want to hear right now, but I don't think he has the staying power for it. Miss Dawn Silver astrologer and author of the book, The Jewels of the Lotus. To learn more about Ms. Silver, please go to our website at HealingEarthResources.com. Thank you so much, Ms. Silver. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Joining us now is the tsunami of positive energy, angel reader and psychic medium, Ms. Laura Lynn. You can learn more about Ms. Laura Lynn and get a read with Ms. Laura Lynn by going to her website at AngelReader.net. Ms. Lynn, 
What are some of your predictions for 2016? Well, first of all, Ryan, i got to giggle a little bit because we're talking about tsunami of positivity, and here I am going to be putting in some words that aren't so positive. It's kind of a little bit intimidating, actually. So uh, first of all, we've got to remember that all predictions can – you know, it can be hampered if we just put out the consciousness of prayer. And in this case, I would love for a tsunami of prayer to uh, go out for some some of the predictions that I'm going to be making. So I think I'm going to start with uh, weather. Weather. Okay. I'm going to start with, I'm really concerned for Mexico. Now, Mexico just went through a recent, uh, ter- they could have had a terrible issue with a with a hurricane that was pressing towards them but because of the power of prayer there's many holy people there that that thoroughly believe and because of that we uh, we saw a miracle take place where it just dissipated so i would like to see that same type of prayer going forward for there is charted from what i'm capturing to be a pretty significant very severe earthquake taking place in Mexico. So if we could start praying now for that to be not as severe as what I'm feeling or um, for it not to even happen, that would be a beautiful thing. But I do have that after the earthquake takes place that they're going to get unprecedented rains, which is very unusual for this region. So it's going to be not only from the the earthquake itself, pretty magnificent, magnificent uh, damage, but also because of the torrential rains that I'm seeing will be uh, located in this, this region, middle, the middle lands of Mexico, which again is very, very unusual, there's going to be significant flooding too. So there, we're just, I'll of course put some prayers out towards that. And I also am capturing something about something happening in England, London, England, uh, there's going to be a pretty severe terrorist attack and also chemical attack, uh, like anthrax or some type of agent that is going to be sent towards the parliament. So that's pretty disturbing to think about, obviously. And I do feel. No, I'm getting in the parliament, um, but I am getting also a significant passing. Uh, for somebody in, that is royal, and I, you know, I don't want to, you know, go there f- too deep on what, because I don't really like to put the power, the energy of words towards uh, death. Uh, so, but I am capturing that there is going to be a significant passing in the royal in the royal house. So, of course, that's something that will be very difficult for people in England or and across the world, actually. Now, regarding. Uh, Regarding economy, it's going to be really interesting because I am getting that China and I, I believe China, well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of different information right now as I'm talking because this is something I've been downloading from for, for a couple of weeks now. Okay, all right. What I'm getting is China is going to be really doing some some hard work to align and to work with certain other certain com- countries, and one being Russia, to put like a super pack of of energy 
towards financial means to work against other countries. So that is very intimidating. And what I would like to uh, stress here is that our world is changing. You know, power is shifting and we are going to be in a place that, you know, things are just quite different. So, you know, every day, pardon me? What do you think of the biggest visual, a couple of the biggest things we'll notice differently as far as the changes? The changes, I believe that we are going to need to really look at what we have as far as financial, our financial means, what we have as far as uh, what we own right now, and put a lot of gratitude towards everything that we have. I believe that this is what the whole purpose of this challenge or change will be. And excuse me, I'm going to cough just a second. Excuse me. Uh, so what I'm capturing is that what, while it seems to be a big challenge and we're going to be, you know, looking at, you know, this maybe even through fear, what I really feel the whole purpose is, is for us to look at other, other peoples and other cultures in a more understanding way, trying to, trying to understand the culture and where they're coming from. So perhaps our higher consciousness is going to help us to work together. And that might take a couple decades, maybe several decades, but I feel like this is going to be a pivotal change uh, 2016 going towards this. And India perhaps will be going in that as a trio. So it would be, it, this is uh, India will come in a little bit later, but I am getting Russia and uh, I'm sorry, I, I keep on getting more information. Russia and China, for sure, starting this. Miss Laura Lynn, the angel reader and psychic medium. To learn more about Miss Laura Lynn, to get a reading with Miss Laura Lynn, please go to our website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, thank you so much for your great predictions. Very insightful, very interesting to hear. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is the cowgirl clairvoyant. Psychic Media, Miss Lisa Kaza. You can learn more about Miss Lisa Kaza. Get a reading with Miss Miss Lisa Kaza by going to her website at lisakaza.com. Miss Kaza, what are your insights and predictions for 2016? Well, the very first thing I'll say is, the lot, like last year, I was pretty much the same. This year, I'm going to be doing the same thing. Um, I'm not going to focus too much on a lot of the doom and gloom you know that's going on we we all know what's what's going on right now and where it's headed um you know with it, whether it's the, the attacks in paris and the goings on between russia and turkey um it is very it is very concerning and i think that all of us you don't need to be psychic to see wh- where where that's going um so i'll just you know leave it at that and to, for people to to ponder over um and as a result of, of what's going on, I do have the insight that when it comes to uh, the stock market, global stock market, just not the states or Canadian stock market, but all over, um, starting in about February, I'm seeing the market dip, and then it goes higher again. And it, it looks a lot like, this is going to sound funny, 
but it looks a lot like this, uh, the square root sign, you know, the sign for the square root. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it looks like. But the thing is, that's going to continue all year. It's, it's going to be up and down, up and down. It'll be very unstable. But ultimately speaking, uh, the message that Spirit wants people to know is that ultimately it's nothing to freak out about. It's not going to explode, you know, as people are, have been fearing. It's just going to be up and down, up and down, very, very unstable and very unpredictable. Um, and uh, this is a, a good good uh, insight that I also received in connection to, you know, what's going on today in the last little while is that um, ISIS, it looks like it could either be defeated or almost defeated at the very least, more towards the end of next year. We're going to see huge progress with all of that, which I, I thank God for, you know, finally. Um, also, well, I guess this could go with uh, the stock market. It, it's, it goes hand in hand. Is the price, prices with everything. It's going to continue to rise. Gas will fluctuate. Um, before falling actually to an all-time low, which has actually surprised me, especially here in Canada, we get in where I am, Northern Ontario, we tend to <laughs> pay really dearly for for our gas. Um, gold, I see, is going to to fall, but silver seems to be on a steady rise. Um, now on to a couple of fun things. Um, the first thing I got out, it was very intriguing for me, was, you know, how we have nowadays on our laptops and, and even on our desktops and our phones, we have the, the touch screen. Well, I'm, I'm seeing touch screen televisions coming out. Okay. And I think that's going to be pretty cool. It, it may just be a prototype next year. You might, we might not be able to get them until you know, the following year, so 2017, but uh, that's going to be fun. Um, Just a quick question. Do you think that the the, the average four to 600-pound American is going to wind up getting off the couch to touch the screen? <laughs> I think so. You know why? <laughs> Just because. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me. It reminds me of me. I wanted to get a laptop that had the touch screen and my daughter goes, well, why? You don't need that. And I go, just because I want it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so. <laughs> hey, maybe it'll, maybe it'll help give them some exercise, Ryan. Hey. There you go, some positive. Right. Um, speaking of TV, and this is something way out there. Well, there's two other things way out there. But I found this very interesting, is that, you know, we have shows, a lot of shows on TV nowadays, with uh, psychics and psychic mediums, so you know Teresa Caputo and um, what there's different ones out there. Well, I got all excited when I heard the message that apparently, I think May or June of next year, we need to be on the lookout for a new TV show that'll be about an animal communicator. So it's going to be almost like a cross between uh, Caesar Milan. And, you know, other psychic shows. So, Teresa Caputo, I think it's going to be very cool. Um, and let's see, what else did I have here? 
Oh, yeah. And this one made me really giggle. <laughs> I was cooking supper, and this came to me just a couple of hours ago, and I started laughing, and my husband goes, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> but um, I just had this image of... Uh, how can I put this? This sounds so silly, but apparently this is going to happen at some point next year. We'll hear word of it. Cross vegetables. So right. like a a potato and a carrot combined into one. So my and then what started me laughing at that is so okay. So what are we going to call it? A parrot. <laughs> So apparently that's going to come out at some point next year as well. And even though it sounds silly, at the same time, it actually doesn't surprise me too much when we start to consider the amount of uh, GMO that's going on with our food as it is and, uh, and uh, you know, working with even human DNA, sheep DNA, the things that these scientists have been doing. So ultimately speaking, it it doesn't really surprise me that much. So we do have a couple of fun things to look forward to next year. Miss Lisa Kaza, the cowgirl clairvoyant. That was fantastic. Thank you for your great predictions for 2016. To learn more about Miss Lisa Kaza and to get a reading with Miss Lisa Kaza, please go to our website at lisakaza.com. Thank you so much, Miss Kaza. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Joining us now is the queen of the universe, out of limits of energy radio show virtue, psychic medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. You can learn more about Miss O'Connor and get a reading with Miss O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor, what are some of your predictions for 2016? All right, 2016, Ryan, is going to be a year of. Of, of demanding balance for us wherever we are off balance be it that we don't have enough play in our life or if we have too much play so, um, we're, we're going to really be guided to start cleaning up our, our stuff in the political um, arena I saw Donald Trump continuing to put his uh, kind of his, <laughs> the threats of becoming independent I saw the middle of uh, January actually July um, January 16th in particular he says another remark that's even worse than the Muslim border closing down in that he holds real tension through March, uh, February, March. All of a sudden, I saw this symbol of dead air. That's a radio term, um, uh, term when people unplug and nobody, the listeners can't hear anything. And so, all this, if, if for him in January, he's just going to become more of a bullying, threatening the um, the Republicans with becoming independent, which of course really scares all of them. But he's going to say something that is such. When I see two feet in the mouth, that means really, really bad. Hitting every single um, uh, group and class of people that you could have. Then he gets quiet. But then I saw behind the the scenes throughout February into March that there's some real serious threat on his son to his like uh, life and death situation. That seems like it's coming from the outside, and that, that doesn't mean disease. That means like a real, not a car accident where it could be a um, a kidnapping that was just uh, they happen to get it in the nick of time or that kind of thing. And that really wakes up his eyes through spring of really what it means to be in the spotlight in a way, or really, really kind of discovering that he doesn't have the politics to back him up. He doesn't have that history, and all of a sudden it looks like he through the spring has a real kind of dead in the hair lights. I mean. Um, I, so he's gonna, he's gonna, you think he's gonna fall? I think he is because there's a part of him. I know I said this on the show before and in other places that 
Ryan, I've never really saw him take it seriously, seriously. Here he is a billionaire. He loves the attention. He gets fed by that. But I saw the whole time that he was planning on either going again into the independence. And he does that. There's, I saw right now as the time is Hillary winning, right? And I know that's going to shake up a lot of people. But what's interesting is that when you get into June and July, they're like neck to neck right now. So a lot of things on the outside is going to influence us, including how Donald reacts, right? And I did see a mini um, Paris attack around uh, Walt Disney right out front of it. There again, they, uh, it was an attack of having a lot more destruction, especially think about how many kids are around um, Walt Disney. But they're able to... Um, Again, get the people, suicide bombers that from, come from the United States. They do nip it in the bud, but it does bring, I, I just saw the symbol of many um, Paris attacks, which goes back to um, Donald really thinking how much does he really have as far as political knowledge, that kind of thing. I also saw Obama in the spring really going out with what I call a bang, where he's opening his mouth and kind of like not caring what he says anymore. He's got nothing to lose kind of attitude, and I see that he could be, you know, a lot of the presidents after they um, finish their their tour there, they um, start writing books and they do the, the tours through the colleges and lecture and all that other stuff. There's a part of Obama that's not going to, um, he's going out and saying stuff that he probably shouldn't be saying. <laughs> Um, oh, like yeah, basically, I'm, I'm I'm the puppet for all the other corporate uh, yes, yes, interests. Yes, exactly. yeah, they just pay me to say this exactly. stuff. Exactly, and that he went in there with <laughs> hopes, and then he really um, had to even sell his soul to the devil to get the um, the president uh, uh, seat. And then as he did that, he still thought he was going to be able to change and um, and make a difference, but he didn't because he was a puppet, exactly. And saying stuff like that, that would be shocking. I mean, all of us kind of know that, you know. But to have a president start to really confirm a lot what people, a lot, many people are suspicious of, and never mind the conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, people. I'm sorry, my mouth is like I've caught, no, I caught um, popcorn at the movie store, and I'm so dry. I have to take a sip of water, sorry. Sure, sure. Um, so that's the political arena, and as of now, I do see a neck-to-neck race with Hillary stepping in ahead. But when I see something that has a certain pattern, there's so many potentials and so many other things that are um, going on the outside. It can change, especially something so close. If it was a real, um, you know, uh, slam dunk kind of win, I, I wouldn't be seeing that. So we'll have to recheck and read that grid in um, the so early spring. When in the it, current trajectory, do you see that Hillary Clinton is going to emerge as the next president? Yes, as the current by season? bottom okay. line. I see will Hillary come in neck to neck and Hillary come in? Yes, I do see it. Um, yep. Okay. That's what I'm just and, taking my notes. And then I I'm just another thing with the ISIS in January and February takes another big hit. But this is where um, the U.S. and the correlation hits either the number two um, person or the number one person or they get a part of their core group is uh, annihilated. So that's going to really send a ripple through that community big time, and it's going to cause some flare-ups of some homegrown um, people, you know, that want to start or, uh, you know, show their last support. But I do see a huge hit in the, um, on the, in the foundation of ISIS. That's what we want. We want to hit them in their foundation because a cracked foundation, things will start um, tumbling. Or think of another symbol I saw was a, a sand cap. 
castle built really close to the water and they having no idea how close that water is and all of a sudden a wave comes in and takes over the whole sand castle so there's there is a hit in that foundation there in isis that we'll all be happy about it you know um just getting the crazies out of the out of the um the, you know what they're, what they're doing another thing i was seeing was the earthquake energy around italy i got kept on getting pulled to a border of italy and it looks like an earthquake that is um quite severe i saw the stock market the stock market end of March, April, a crazy couple of weeks, when I see the symbol of um, a heart monitor that goes up and down like a critical sign, and it's real severe highs and lows, that's not a really good sign, and that goes on for two weeks. Then all of a sudden, it looks like this real tightrope where there's a lot, little movement until the end of June and July. Then all of a sudden, that's where, again, things seem to um, turn around, and that's Again, it could affect the politics. Of course, the stock market affects that. So there's going to be another shift in the stock market. What's weird about it, Ryan, is that it seems unexpected, and it shouldn't be unexpected. Do you know what I mean? It seems like people are shocked and, um, and like, not prepared, but we've been watching this happening for a long time. And if anything, it felt like we were turning the corner a bit, and that's where I could be seeing more of the shocked looks where people thought we were um, taking a step behind having really any shocking move, um, movements in the stock market. The dead air is a kind of tightrope symbol is kind of interesting because that's when people um, can really start scattering because they get into fear, you know. Um, on a lighter note, I did see medical breakthroughs, really getting a lot of sound therapy, spirit, spirit meets, um, science meets spirituality. I saw the symbol of Time Magazine, and I know they've, um, it was the title of uh, Time Magazine uh, was is Optimism in, in Your Genes, and also the God Codes, or is there proof that there's, there's God? And I do see that there's going to be breakthroughs in science, which is absolutely um, going to uh, clarify and state there is a God or a higher power. They might not call it God, but there's a higher divine order where there's no um, question where people could come and, um, you know, kind of de um, debunk them. And that causes a huge ripple in the real um, righteous religious leaders that really want uh -oh. control. Yes, big time. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's well, I mean, I'm not saying I'm saying oh, for that maybe like well, humanity will get a much deserved break. Mm -hmm. Right, oh. and that's what I'm seeing because this is again 2016. It's all about bringing life into balance where we are unbalanced. And for thousands and thousands of years, humanity has been out of balance with that. When you consider religion, right? We've handed over our power to a higher power. We and the the energy of the Creator is that we're all part of that Creator energy. And that we're equal, and that we um, and we want. To, it's time for us to take that empowerment, take our power back. And this isn't ego power. This is our God Creator in our DNA kind of power. So that's going to be a big push from 2016 to 2018. People really looking in their heart, clearing out things that don't make sense in there anymore. It's almost like humanity's been on the cross, and I see this symbol a lot. In that we, um, we've been suffering on the cross. We've been crucified, and we still, as long as we hang on that cross, there's many people that are following um, the sheeple energy. They're still handing the power over to the religion people, you know, the people in power. They're not, um, they, and some people do it because they don't want to be in the driver's seat of how they're dressed in the life force. So this um, discovery that, again, is going to take a huge uh, effect, to the, it's like the butterfly effect world around. I mean, every single religious religion is going to get hit with this. Some of them are going to be very happy, where the state of Buddhism in particular, especially the um, the Buddhists that are much more blended, where it's the interconnectedness, all is one, that kind of thing, 
I see smiling faces with that. Any group that is very tight or in, and wants to be in the controlling, um, uh, you know, seat of how the people are, are not going to be happy. And if you look at the Pope, the, the friendly the one that everyone likes, he's kind of prepping humanity or the Christian or Catholics for this next change in um, in how we see religion, because it will affect the diehard Catholicism. But he is very, very different from a lot of popes. popes. So you can see that in the bigger picture, he's come here to, he, I just heard soften the blow to those, um, you know, really diehard Catholics that can, um, they live their life on every single world. I mean, every single word. My grandmother, she was almost 90 years old, used to beat herself up if she didn't go to church every day. And when she couldn't drive anymore, she would kneel down and watch church on TV. And Ryan, if she couldn't do that because her knees were bothering her and she watched it from her chair, oh, my God, you think that she committed, like, adultery or or, or killed her neighbor because she wasn't able to kneel down. So there are people that are really, again, down to their DNA, how they think and view the world is so... Trapped. It's like they look through one scope and imagine all of a sudden that scope, that viewfinder is taken away from your eyes and you see, feel, and sense everything different. And it's a lot more freeing. So people are going to get be a little wobbly at first because it is affecting the lower energy centers, the first, second, third chakra. And it looks like um, imagine a horse being born and they get, when they first come out of a giraffe, their legs are kind of wobbly. But on the big picture, this is a huge thing of bringing that balance and getting very empowered and really going into the religious, the real rules, and I'm doing this with air quotes as far as the rules, the universal rules and laws, which are very, um, it brings the empowerment back to us. It really allows us to start understanding what unconditional love is and support. And Ryan, when we really see and feel in our hearts that there's no separation, that we're all one. We can't look at somebody, let's say, again, it was from um, the, uh, ISIS, and look in their eyes and see hate when they're a part of us, you know? It's so when we really start taking it beyond a thought, beyond our emotions, and really start tapping into that real heart energy, the unconditional love energy, the bliss, all those, the different words for that state of being fully aligned with creator, it cannot not affect every single aspect of our life. So that's going to be a major thing. Then I saw some cool things like um, I know that there was a discovery in science where they found bones of people that were 14 to 16 feet tall and that people hushed that information. All of a sudden it was, um, you know, disappeared or they didn't want people to know that because it's going to be um, proof of ancient civilizations that were much more evolved than us. And this goes beyond the temples because I saw... When I was little, I used to see like a Lemurian Atlantean times, and I get this bird eye view where I, I was watching the healing taking place, and it looked, they use vibrational medicine, it looked something very um, sci-fi with the use of crystal sound healing, and all the people stood around one person at a table, this table had crystals in it, and it vibrated, and that's how they got in balance. So I see the discovery of these coming up to the surface, and again, it's going to shake people up because there's going to be proof that there's been civilizations that have been more advanced than we've ever have been throughout our history. And so we're ch- we're not changing history. We're getting to our real history, right? And, that, and I'm, again, saying this with, our, with um, air quotes, which will bring a real push into more of the vibrational medicine, um, sound healing. Again, it's going to be really big. I saw the uh, wind um, mills around the energy sources of creating alternative um energy from the oil the oil and fossil fuel is going to be a huge, huge push. It's all of a sudden it's going to seem, so from 2016 to 2018, 
that there's been major, major breakthroughs. Or think about when the computers first came out, they were huge. They filled a, a big room, and now that you can get them in the size of a watch. There's going to be that kind of information flooding that um, the oil industry and the energy industry. And this is what I see that it's, this is not something new. I had a client that was an MIT guy, and he created this crystal that you could put in your gas tank, and it um, saved one-third of your gas. And it was a $30 um, thing that he created. He brought it up to people, and he was all excited about it. They bought the patent, and they squashed it. You know, So there's, there right. are things that are out there that are coming up to the surface. And again, it could seem like this, oh, my God, new, new stuff. But this has been around. But it, 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 ugh, the patents have been taken from people and squashed because it's all about the money, right? So I saw that as another positive thing. In a funny kind of um, human interest, if you're kind of interested in that, um, I saw Justin B. Beaver, Bieber, Bieber, the B. Beaver, yeah. Yeah, um, having a close call involving a plane accident, right? So, um, and he gets kind of banged up. I see one wing that's landing, and it really—it's just not a bumpy ride, right? It really wakes him up to. Um, all of a sudden, I saw him getting engaged, and I don't even know if he's dating anybody. I don't even know if he's gay. I mean, I really—I just—it was kind of interesting that he popped in. <laughs> so, toward the fall. He's going to have a really uh, close wake-up call that all of a sudden he has his life flash before him and he wants to get stuff done and it does look like he um, does get engaged and it could happen very, very fast. And it could be something that, somebody that nobody knew about. It's almost like he goes into meets a waitress or a massage therapist and and uh, somebody that's in the limelight. You know what I mean? Okay. Mr. Connors, okay if I ask you a quick, couple quick questions based on your predictions? Absolutely. All right. First one is this: is that you said there's going to be this major, uh, likely discovery in the scientific field. Yep. It's going to shatter a lot of illusions about religions. Now, I'm wondering how that is that going to be received on a public scale when there is a lot of evidence that you can point out to and present to people that their civil liberties are being eroded. There's a lot of evidence you can point out to people about you know various you know historical events not yeah. being going the way. That the media would tell you they went. Yeah. There are a lot of um, you know evidence out there that talks about how unstable our financial system is, and yet despite the fact of all this evidence that's out there, that's clear that anyone can access, people refuse to accept it. Exactly. And it's coming back to the one concept we've talked about on the show, which is called cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. People who are refusing to accept the idea of a notion of their truth, regardless of what the uh, facts are. And I'm curious to know if this discovery is out there. What is going to force them to see this discovery when they're not able to grasp the concepts of other things that are much more simplistic and much more rooted in scientific matter? Okay. It's the very simply, I just saw the butterfly effect, right? And so people, let's just say every time that somebody's heard something and they rejected it, a seed is planted in the energy field, Ryan, right? It can't go away. Everything is energy, right? So all these seeds are coming up to the forefront, and they turn to seedlings, and it's affecting people's first, second, and third chakra. The root chakra is how we stand into the earth, how we're all connected, our religion beliefs. All those lower chakras are all about how we see ourselves, define ourselves, getting out of mind and emotion, right? So imagine these seeds that have been planted in humanity, and again, somebody could put that seed in, in, um, and put it in a closet and shut the door down and say, I'm not doing this, I can't. Uh, it, it just blows my mind. I want to hand my power over. When we have that critical change where there's enough people that are holding that vibration and all of a sudden it's like a domino effect and everybody starts um open up their eyes. Again, they're being forced to open up their eyes. And if they refuse it over and over again, 
I just see it coming back to the face up and over and over again. It's like they are, they can't get away from it. Imagine a mirror right in front of your face, and that mirror allows you to see the real world. And, again, I'm doing that in air quotes, the world beyond duality, beyond fear, beyond the illusion of separation, and wherever you turn, that mirror is right up to your nose. You're going to have to look through the mirror, and when and that's and people can get almost dropped to their knees to um, because they want to get away from that mirror. But this is the time from 2016 to 2018. It's what I really see, Ryan, is that all this stuff has been in, in place for a long time, thousands and thousands of years. Since 2012, it's the end of how we lived in duality. Those doors shut, and everybody thought at 2012, 2013, we're going to have these grand parties, people are going to wake up, everyone's going to be singing Kumbaya by February. And it, and it didn't happen, and many people were really disappointed. When I look at what I call the universal grid, it's where I look at the big, big picture, if things have been changing and we've not been, it's now it's dropping more into the physical world, so we're going to see more evidence of it. And the more we drop into the physical, the more it's going to affect us physically. It's like we can't do the denial anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And it's going to go kind of go into another question. As far as if you observe the collective people in the United States, if you observe their energy, do you feel that they are prepping themselves or a vibrational match for ty tyranny and tyrannical uh, type rule at this point in time? Because I'm observing, and I want to believe that you know that we're going to have this breaking point where everyone's going to be open to freedom. But I just I see more and more with each passing day, uh, collectively speaking, that the people are are sheeple and they are being um, drawn w most of the time willingly into a tyrannical type rule. And I was just curious to know if that was the case. Are you, are you seeing them waking up or kind of moving towards something more peaceful? And not just the United States, but people across the world. I, I totally understand what you're saying. Think of um, the image of that speaking energy-wise, but keeping it real simple. Humanity has been stuck in the third chakra, and we've been making our way up to the heart chakra, making our way down from our head, so out of our mouth and out of our mental and emotion, right, and making our way down to the heart, and the, and the lower centers are making their way up to the heart. When we start meeting at that heart energy, it's a deal changer, Ryan, right? So right now, the humanity stuck in a lot of of the third chakra energy. That gives us patterns of self-esteem, self-worth, deep unconscious, subconscious patterns. And imagine a great big magnet coming in for all of humanity, pulling up our, our stories, our holding patterns for us to look at to decide whether we're going to stay in that holding pattern and hand over our power to the future Hitlers, right? Or are we going to um, get off that freaking gerbil ride and start getting in the driver's seat of how we're directing our life force? We're at the top of the third chakra, entering the heart center, and this is the way we're evolving. So on the outside world, it could look so messed up and upside down, but underneath it all, when I see the grids that have been um, in place forever, I mean, this has been set up. We are going to evolve. One way or another, we're going to do it, kicking or screaming or grace and ease. And this is where we decide. Are we going to do it with grace and ease or kicking and screaming? So it does seem like a lot of times if you reread history, it seems like one extreme. It seems like we're already way, way off to the left and everyone's going berserk and insane. And then all of a sudden you hear like the Berlin Wall going down or you just hear these, these changes that seem to happen overnight. But if you read stuff energetically, it's really not happening overnight. So as we graduate from the third chakra, which is id, which is ego, which is mind, right? And we got one foot into that where we are 
again, in these holding patterns that keep us locked into these things that, that have been thousands of years where um, it's more like the fascist energy going around, the control. The third chakra also teaches us there's a big difference between my will and thy will. To give up my will does not mean handing your power and energy over somebody. Thy will is getting plugged into the creator within you. So go back to the image of the viewfinder, people's viewfinders are getting caught up. And so people are going to feel it more, Brian. Right? With that mirror in front of our face, you could say karma is happening more, the law of attraction is happening faster. And so if we are doing energy where we're the bully and we're doing, um, really misusing our power, it looks like somebody going to electrical socket and plugging it in more and more and having the direct cause and effect happening faster and faster. And this, again, is over the next few years. So this has all been really set up for humanity to graduate, to take the next step. And then as soon as we go in the heart center, Ryan, we don't go sing Kumbaya. I see this, it looks like an inner tube around the heart chakra. And as long as we're holding on to that inner tube, which locks us in pain, heartache, grief, and you know, all this, these um, patterns that are not bliss and love, but at least we're going into the heart direction so we can have access to that heart space. And it's a literally a place within the energy field. When we make pathways to that, our viewfinders go off. It's like when piss, people have epiphanies, kundalini experiences, have a meeting with God. We hear about it. It's been written in um, history books or religious books or stories throughout our history. This is a time for more and more people to feel it. Then it goes back to the butterfly effect, the domino effect. When people are really starting to feel the bullying energy and all of a sudden you're getting faced with bullies, you've got to face the bully within you. And then it's like taking the bully out of the person. So as we graduate up to the heart, it does look like we're turning a corner. And again, it could look really dark. It could look like we live in... Um, I, for whenever since I was little, I used to see the planet of the apes, and um, and that was my symbol of this is so messed up and backwards. Everything is freaking upside <laughs> down in this world. What the f, you know? And now, but when I see it again on the view, we're taking turn in the corner, and when we turn that corner, there's a void there. There's an energy that's pulling and pushing us magnetically there, but that void can make people feel afraid. So then we go back to our defense mechanisms that keep us in holding patterns, right? This is where there's just think of. People and uh, masters before us have been creating the pathway. They've been clearing it for humanity so they can make that step into the heart a lot easier. And if it wasn't cleared, they wouldn't have taken it. Does that make sense? Yes. So now we're going to graduate into the heart area. We're getting out of the wounded heart, out of that inner tube, and we start going into that space, things change very, very quickly. I mean, you literally can see the... Um, miraculous healings you could see um i mean pulling putting your hand up and making um gold dust i mean and they do it in india all the time because they have a belief system that you can do it right so imagine people around the world being able to do what seems like miraculous things and um people aren't afraid of it anymore they're they're more they're willing to give up their ego and their mind because that heart that true heart energy feels so empowering feels so wonderful that that allows us to turn the volume down on the static energy that we've been living with for thousands of years we got addicted to that so now it's time for us to um pull out of that addiction excellent miss carrie o'connor the queen of the universe and out of limits of inner truth radio show treasured virtue and psychic medium thank you so much for being with us today for your great predictions and to learn more about miss carrie o'connor and to get a reading with Miss Carrie O'Connor, please go to our website at carrieoconnor.com. Thank you so much, Miss O'Connor. Thank you, Ryan. It's always a pleasure. Love you. Love the show. 
joining us now to close out the show about predictions for 2016 is Daryl Shoon, spiritual economist, minister, and author. Mr. Shoon, what are some of your predictions? Yes, what are some of your predictions for 2016? Ryan, you know, I I sort of um, got on the map in uh, 2007 when I gave a talk and I delivered a 148-page paper before a closed group of people uh, called the Positive Deviant Network. And there were some very high-powered people in this group. There was around 60 people. The dues were $5,000 a year. And we would come together four times a year and, and discuss where we were at. And in March 2007, before this group, I presented a paper, and it was called um, Time of the Vulture, um, How to Survive the Crisis and Prosper in the Process. And in that paper, uh, 148 pages, I made my case for a coming economic collapse. Now, the truth of the matter is, and I didn't tell those folks there at the time because of the group of their novelists into the psychic stuff, but in 2000, in 1991, I had heard words. They came to me and, and they said that we were going to be entering what they call the time of the vulture, a time of incredible, extraordinary economic devastation. And so I began studying for some reason economics in the 1990s. And by the time I presented this paper, I pretty much learned and known far more than I had when I started. And I understood in my mind and totally believed we were going to have on the verge of an economic collapse. Now, I was really lucky, Ryan, in in terms of timing, because I delivered the paper before this group of people in March 2007. And in September 2008, the next year, the whole economy, Wall Street, went into the toilet. Um, hedge funds went down, Wall Street banks went down, AIG went down, Bear Stearns went down, Lehman Brothers went down, and so I sort of developed a reputation of being able, of, at least, and certainly on, on the web, of a, of, a, of a writer and a commentator on economic affairs. But And you found me in 2010, and we just talked about it. But the truth of the matter is, I had been, for years before, my main focus wasn't economics at all. It was only because I heard those words in 1991, and my focus changed. But before then, for decades, I had been really focused on bigger shifts, bigger changes, the works of Edgar Cayce, metaphysics, and that's where my main work was. And so when you ask what's happening, what I think is going to happen in 2016, my, my what I'd like to say is this, is that, I think we're headed towards the, we are not headed towards, we are in the end of one era and the beginning of another. The Hindus call this the Kali Yuga, okay? It's like the age of darkness is changing. In the West, in an astrological point of view, they call it the Piscean Age that's changing, and the Aquarian Age is opening up. Now, I have a particular affinity for the Aquarian Age, being as, as it was in 1966, um, I dropped out of law school, Hastings Law School in San Francisco, and one year later was living on Hate Street and running the food concessions at the Family Dog Avalon Ballroom. This is the venue of the Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin. I mean, I, I went from one world directly into another. And in that new world, words like astrology, the Aquarian Age, your love light, 
meditation, oming, were just, it was part of what we did and a part of who we were. And so now here we are in 2016, you know, going to be 2016, which is 50 years later exactly when I was in the Haight-Ashbury and that they talked about a new world coming. Well, the new world is coming. But before the new world comes, the old world is going to pass away, and it is going passing away right now. And, and my, my predictions are things are going to get dicier. Things are going to get more intense. Why? Because the, the basic foundation of the old age, which was a credit debt-based economy run by bankers, is now collapsing. And it's going to take down everything that that world was created on. The world, vast world, right now, trillions of dollars of credit and debt all the way around the world. But this is a necessary cleansing. This is a necessary clearing away for the far better world that is about to come. And part hey, of just, that, yes. Can I just pause you for one second? This idea yeah. about the, you know, the global financial collapse. Yeah. In some ways, I've read and heard that this is actually supposedly planned in order to consolidate power, in order to thrust the world in chaos and to bring the world to a cashless society where one global tyrannical government will reign. This is actually a part of a planned process. And, you know, from your perspective, wouldn't you think that that collapse would actually be a welcomed, uh, you know, advantage for people who wish to take over? Ryan, thank you for bringing that up. Because if I did not have my deep, deep, deep grounding in metaphysics that started in the late 1960s, I mean, when my chart was done in 1967, I was shocked. I thought astrology was hippie bullshit. All right? My chart read to me and my wife's chart were so accurate, it challenged every preconceived notion I had about reality. So in the late 1960s, I went on a quest to find out what I thought was true because the paradigm I had before, which is exactly what most people, what I would think of, what you just said and draw the scenario that this is a planned collapse, that there are forces of darkness and evil who are going to use this to consolidate power, I would might well believe had I not had a very deep 50-year reading of metaphysics, all right? In the, in the 1960s, I discovered the works of, for example, Edgar Cayce, a profound psychic, America's most famous psychic, all right? And he had predicted that we we're going to have earth changes that were going to sweep away the present world, ushering in a far better world to come. That sort of formed the context of my belief system. All right. Now, I know of what you're talking about. I know the people who are saying these things. And quite frankly, if I didn't have my background, I might do believe it. I don't. I, I, I don't. It's not that I don't believe there's dark forces. I know how dark force, how these dark forces are. All right. My, if you want to read my book, go read my book, um, Light in the Dark Place. And in there, I tell the story of when I met Howard Hughes' banker. All right. And, and he was, and, and he told me about a $500 million skim of, the, of a Saudi-Afghanistan relief fund that the Republicans had skimmed and taken off. And that money had ended up in the bank account of a Bruce Rappaport, which co-mingled with the Iran-Contra money. This was in 1987. 
all right? And my later readings about the events around 9-11, they also revolved around a bank that in New York called the Bank of New York, also owned by the same Bruce Rappaport, over which a third of a trillion dollars of undeclared securities had been laundered through the New York Fed. So I am pretty much knowledgeable about the workings of, quote, dark forces, of forces that are evil and are trying to consolidate power. All right? Knowing that, Ryan, I already know that stuff. I'm, a, I'm familiar with a lot of these theories. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. My belief is that this is far bigger than the dark forces. That what is really happening here, somebody came up with a parent with a, with a, with a, with a uh, version of this, and I'd like to share it with the, the people who are listening here today. It's that God gave, we are, we are created in the image of, of the creator. All right? And it's not like saying you got two, five, you know, two arms, two legs, and a head and a trunk, and you're approximately six feet tall. All right? That's not it at all. We are created in the image of the creator of the universe of having total creative power. But there was, we have lost sight of who we are, and we still have that power. But because we have forgotten who we are, we've forgotten our source, we are out of touch. We're only right now working through our egoic sense of self, which is a separated sense of self. And we're competitive, we're fighting with each other, we're fearful, and we're scared shitless. And with the immense amount of power at our handle, at our, at our fingertips, we have created a world not of love, peace, and joy. We have created a world that reflects our fears, our judgments, our thoughts of revenge, and our anger. And that's what we have created collectively. All right? Now, the universe, which is another word for God, as Bucky Fuller called it. He didn't talk about God. Bucky called it universe. All right? And Bucky said there's two types of, of, of causes in our world. Type two, which is humanity, everything that we do, think, try, and get about. And type one, cause one, which is universe acting. All right? And what Bucky said, universe is bringing on, he, in 1981, Ryan, Bucky wrote an extraordinary book called Critical Path. And he said humanity is at a turning point. And in 1981, in the introduction, which he called Twilight of the World's Power Structures. Get that, Ryan. Twilight of the World's Power Structures. That includes capitalism, communism, all the forces that these people are talking about. He said it's their twilight. And what Bucky said was this. 1981. We are entering a period of unprecedented crises. A crisis that is universally intended to transform our planet of humanity, presently differently colored, differently credo, competitive, and fighting with one another, and it will transform us into a unified whole with a level of abundance and peace we have not ever encountered. Bucky wrote this in 1981. Bucky wasn't political. He didn't think this was going to come out by politics. Bucky didn't think it was going to be ideology. He said the universe is going to bring this about. Bucky was so brilliant, he, he predicted a molecule that they called the Bucky ball, a carbon-based molecule. It hadn't even come into existence. 
Bucky predicted it, and it became that. He got, he got, he was given the, the the medal of the presidential medal of honor, and he had such disdain for presidents. It was amazing because they never read it. You know, they just figureheads. It's not about Obama. It's not about Clinton. It's not about Reagan. It's not about any of this. We're talking about the universe. Now, I absolutely believe the universe is moving to clean off this planet, all right? And there's a cut being made. You know, in the Bible, it says, the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, I sort of believe that. I really do. And in fact, for those of you, of viewers out there who might be interested in a different slant on this, I've been at this a long time, Ryan. Some of your readers, your viewers or listeners may be aware of something called the Course in Miracles, all right? My friend, Marshall Thurber, who put together the Positive Deviant Network, in 1976, was one of five people who gave the Foundation for Inner Peace $5,000 to print the first edition of The Course in Miracles. All right? I was one of the first people to see that copy of that book. All right? I had been doing affirmations about peace for six months before that book came into my possession. And when I opened up the book, this was a foreword of The Course in Miracles. Now, you've got to understand, Ryan, I had had all this money. I was retired in 1976. I had, I had a lot of money. And these words came into my mind as I sat in my house in San Francisco. And the words were, this isn't it. Now, I was married. I had kids. I had more money than I knew what to do with. I had everything that people thought they had that would make them happy. And I heard these words in, the, in, my, in my flat on Union Street. This isn't it. So I closed my eyes and I asked my higher self, I asked whatever it was, what is it? And this feeling of peace came over me, Ryan, that was so deep. I knew I didn't have it. So I thought, you know, writing down goals, affirmations, they're called affirmations now. All right. This was in the 1970s. This was before Shakti Gawain ever wrote her book on affirmation. The word hadn't even come into common parlance then. All right. But Marshall and I had been working with goals and we were every morning I'd see it. I'd see it in the present tense, just like they do it now. And, and I had it all. I had it all. And so I thought to myself, wow, if writing down these things and imaging it brought me all this money, maybe it'll bring me peace. So I, I wrote words. I took them out of Jonathan Livy Siegel. I am at peace. Blah, blah, blah. I am everywhere at once. I don't even know why I wrote those words. I remember writing those words, I am everywhere at once. I don't know where I cribbed those, that sentence from, but I knew it was far beyond. I thought, well, how can I be everywhere at once? But I wrote that down, Ryan. All right? And four or five months later, I'm in Marshall's meeting at his office, and the Course in Miracles walks in that door. I had no idea what it was, but they said, we're going to work with an affirmation today called, I am entitled to miracles. I went up to him, and I said, I want to see this. Where did this book come from? And they said, it just got published this month. And they showed me the copy. And I want to tell you, this is what the foreword said. The foreword, this book was channeled, three volumes, all right? It was channeled through Helen Shuckman, who is a professor of behavioral psychology at Columbia University. I met Helen later, all right? I met most of the people surrounding the Course in Miracles, all right? But this was the words. This is the foreword of this book that was channeled, all right? Now, I want to remind you again. I had been do, doing affirmations about peace for six months. And these were the words in the foreword about the Course in Miracles. This is the manual for peace. It is a required course. 
It does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. This course is a required course. Free will does not mean you establish the curriculum. It merely means you choose what to take at a given time. This course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing your blocks to your awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear. However, that which is all-encompassing has no opposite. This course can be summed up as follows. That which is real can never be threatened. That which is unreal does not exist. Herein lies the peace of God. I read those words for the first time in 1976, Ryan, and I just quoted to you, to you off the top of my head, I have never forgotten them. I absolutely believe only love is real. The rest is illusion that we project out with our thoughts. And that's why I keep away such thoughts out of my thoughts because I am trying to take as much as I can total responsibility for the creation of my own world, which is a part of the collective world. The world okay. that merely because you experience something does not mean it's real. It merely means you thought it up and created it in your experience of reality. The only difference between this and a dream, Ryan, is that in a dream, we know it's a dream because we've somehow woken up. This is a dream, it's, a, it's real at one major level, but at another level, we haven't yet woken up to who we truly are. So do you think I that believe, could potentially happen in 2016? Do you think we could have a... I, no, not a, we are moving through the transition. We are moving through the collapse and the passing through with one age. There's going to be a tremendous amount of fear about it, and there still is, and there will be even more. Our palliative, our only way out is not to see the fearful. Our only way out. And you know what? You know when people talk to God when they're up shit creek, when they're really in trouble. And they're not even really talking to God. They're talking to the image they have God of, of a quote-unquote God. And what kind of image is it handed down to them by their parents who really never sort of believed it in the first place except perhaps from their guilt? It's like, you know, the, those words. That's why... I mean, I'm only telling you, if your viewers are interested, and I just want to put this out there, in the year 2000, a lady received nine channel letters from Jesus, allegedly, just like the Course of Miracles were from Jesus. But I would suggest to your listeners to check this site out. It's called www.christsletters, C-H-R-I-S-T-S, letters.com. Nine letters were, tr were transcribed. And it's almost, it's like Jesus. And basically, you will love him, Ryan, because it's like, basically like an acid trip or an ayahuasca trip. This is what he said. He said when he, it came to him, it, he couldn't communicate it to the people back then. They didn't understand it. And he said, and they still haven't. And people are fighting and killing each other over what he said, over, over what Muhammad said. He said, they didn't say this at all. They just tried to deliver the message of love in a form that the people then would understand it. And they didn't then, and they don't today. And he said, but if you want to understand it, that's why those letters came down. Christletters.com. It's free. PDF. You can buy the book. Yeah, I got it it's, it's great. We'll put it on the, the show. But as far as 2016 goes, hey, I know the change is going to affect things in the long term. As far as 2016 goes, do you see something happening like Charlie Sheen's disease gets cured or they find a cure for baldness? No, I believe 
I believe Bernie Sanders is going to get elected. I believe okay. all the money people are being thrown out in each party. That includes the Republicans and the Democrats. And I was told that by a psychic 10 years ago. Martha, I looked up Martha, she was extremely disturbed in 2005. Extremely disturbed with how things were going. This was when the Republicans had lied to the country, had lied us into, you talk about terrorism. I want to tell you something about terrorism, Ryan McCormick. Terrorism yeah. is terrible, but nothing compares to what we did to Iraq in 2003. We had no weapons of mass destruction. There was no Muslim insurrection. They weren't tied in any way to 9-11. And we came down with shock and awe. A military jerk-off that would make any other terrorist act pale in comparison. And we did that, Ryan McCormick, in the name of the United States of America. So don't. Let you want to see the genocide? The head of the former head of the special forces has gone on record saying that we created ISIS with our invasion of Iraq in 2003. And we did. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a killing for a killing. It's coming home to roost. Create love, see light. That's the advice. Go the well, other way. No, I'm saying, no, that's, I like that. And on that note, Daryl Shoon, thank you so much for being with us today. Daryl Shoon is an author, minister, spiritual economist. You can learn more about him by going to his website at drschoon.com. You can learn more about his books, the events that he's doing. He's one of our most fascinating guests, and uh, it's always a great, great joy to have him on our show. Daryl, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure being here with you, Ryan. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show. This show was huge. This show was so big, I was considering renaming it my ass. That's how big the show was tonight. Special thanks to our unbelievable great guests. Special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Caza, and Miss Constance Dellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show, Please visit our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and fears. May your 2016 be filled with incredible prosperity and lots of beers. Thank you so much for listening.